Alexis is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never right. been anybody that's right. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed! And England win on penalties! History in itself! You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fucked. I understand. Come on, take it quickly, Reggie! Yes, good match. No one is in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the Hello and welcome to episode 263 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett. Hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas. Just a little uh, festive episode here, two days after Christmas. You may have heard us ask at the end of the Christmas special, um, did anyone want to do an episode around Christmas? Um, me and TK said, yes, Alex and Jack. <laughs> Don't know what great plans they have. But um, they both uh, politely declined. So here we are. Um, not the most stacked episode, essentially... Uh, 3MP style, I've got topics and we'll just uh, see where the wind uh, takes us. So, Also, if you did listen to the last episode and you heard us reference video podcasts, we have been approved for that now. Won't be a weekly thing, um, slowly, because it takes a bit of time to replace the episodes. The interviews, if you go back and watch them, uh, they'll be updated to video on Spotify on Spotify, if you look at last week's Christmas special, then that will be um, video on there as well. So essentially any kind of special episodes, any interviews, anything like that, effectively anything that we think worthy of putting our face behind, we will do for that. If not, it'll just be your uh, standard audio and hopefully that will be enough. Um, TK, I've spoke to you briefly there, but uh, did you have a nice Christmas? Stunning. Stunning. Um. What did you do? Because obviously you live separate now. Did you stay? Because I assume you had a drink on Christmas Day. I didn't get the usual picture, actually, I don't think. No, I, I did have a picture. I don't know why I didn't. I had a little... Uh, I started off on a little thing of sherry. That's a potent fucking Blimey. drink. I nearly took a picture with that. Um, yeah, I just stayed I just stayed around with us on Christmas Eve. So I just got up there. Just uh, easier. And then I ended up crashing there. Obviously, Christmas Day I intended to. I ended up doing it on Boxing Day as well. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, one of those. I think they were welcome to get rid of me this morning. Get him out the door. We had um, had a, had a drink coming. I'm not jokes can be coming here. I'm not a big drinker. <laughs> um, had a drink with um, Christmas dinner and a bottle of prosecco came out, which is one of them that I always think looks really nice, and then I taste it and it's like, I mean, not about it. This this is this is not nice stuff. Like I slightly convinced that it may be like olives and mushrooms where people don't properly like them and they just kind of pretend they like them because and someone's going to tell me I'm wrong here I've never heard someone have something like mushrooms and been like you know I love 
I love the taste of the mushroom on that. It's always like it's on a meat feast pizza. The best thing about the mushroom was that I couldn't taste it. I wouldn't. I didn't need to pick it off. Is it is what I assume most people go through when they have mushrooms. Those like massive ones that my grandma used to get from. I don't know what she'd have with them, but the ones that they look like fungus when you're ordering them. <laughs> They're in a little like uh, plastic container or whatever with a cling film over the top from Tesco. The mushroom oh. fans are militant, so you could have people coming for us here. Yeah, it's, it's it's a weird one. Like I have seen, to be fair, some olives that have been made to look appetising. But even then, they look appetising because it's like, I've got these nine other ingredients here, so they don't taste too much like olives. As a kid, I remember thinking, well, they look like grapes, so they'll probably taste like grapes, and just being absolutely sickened by what I actually found. No, I'm a bit annoyed as I see the more clickbaity headlines and it really annoys me in the transfer window time when it's like an Arsenal one and it's someone that I perceive to be reliable and they'll put something like here's everything Mikel Arteta said about Arsenal's latest incoming and then you click and it's like the latest news is I don't speak on other players but um, we hope to do some business yeah. it's like yeah. you could have told me this beforehand but some of the ones I've seen again the story circulated of the lad who added all his exes to a group chat on Christmas Eve. <laughs> and it's like, is this the same lad that did it the last three years in a row? And one is like, people are struggling to comprehend the age difference between Kira Knightley and the young kid in uh, Love Actually. And it's yeah. Like, yeah, they were shocked by this last year as well. The first time this was revealed, it was shocking. And then I saw one, and it was probably yesterday, I think, and it was one of those, you don't follow them on Facebook, but they just the videos just seemed to pop up. And it was like... Uh, I couldn't believe how olive oil was made. And it was like, they crushed the olives and they get what what we would refer to as olive juice. And essentially, that's the olive oil. And I was like, Who is out there thinking this isn't what it is? I don't understand like where this is coming from. Like Someone's gone, we need to get to the bottom of this. I need to show people this is how olive oil really gets made. Oh, Jesus. But you can't fault them because the views on them are always insane. It's always something like 21 million people have viewed this on Facebook. I know they attribute it. If you literally just flick past a video on Facebook, that counts as a view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even if it's just that many people, but when they're getting their ad revenue, that doesn't matter. So You wait till they find out how like, orange juices get made. I, oh, they'll have their mind blown. It's baffling. I don't... I can't get my head around it, but... I'm about to give you the news of the week, which most people, because I do at work sometimes, reveal some of the news. I get looks like, why would I even want to know that? So maybe this is the same boat, but I would hope our news of the week is more interesting than how olive oil is made. Let's hope so. Or how Macaulay Culkin's dad afforded the house in Home Alone. <laughs> people, that's another year leaving. How did he do it? We never find I, out. I actually saw, and, and I think I even saw this on, on Christmas Day, and... It was an interview with Michael Jackson, and I don't want to get into all of that because the people that defend him are passionate. And it turns out that it was from one of his fan pages. And it was him effectively saying, like, I I don't think it's weird to share a bed with young kids if I'm sleeping on the floor next to them. You know, I shared a bed and I had Macaulay Culkin on one side and his brother on the other side. And I thought it was like a Michael Jackson exposed. Here's a clip from like an old interview. But it was from his fan pages, and it yeah, was yeah, like yeah. Uh, the childhood love never dies. And I was like, very, who's uploading this? Very, very odd, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I find it weird that you uh, their fans will 
like freely acknowledge that and don't think that's weird. And then if you make the leap that maybe he did do something rather untowards, and you're seen as sort of like you're just trying you're to take the man down, you're a bit outlandish. Yeah. Like, I think he's probably given you enough evidence. If your neighbour over the road said that, you'd probably. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this guy. If your neighbour over the road said that, he'd be in cuffs within. Yeah, yeah. If he said, I don't think there's anything wrong with just sharing it, but if nothing's going going on, you'd be like, No, I'm not sure, mate. No, that'd be the the epitome of the in between. I don't know, mate. I think that's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but anyway, I do have some news of the week for us. And if I start us off with a uh, Christmas headline, and there was quite a lack of those, so it looks like it was everyone had a quite nice Christmas um, this Behave year. themselves. But um, woman killed boyfriend with sword on Christmas Eve. <laughs> now with this... Hope she got it as a present. So that's what I'm... If you have a sword in the house, so the fact is a couple, I would assume you both know the sword's in the house. <laughs> one, if you're having an argument, you either get as close to that as you can so no one else can get there first... Or you're aware that this is happening. I don't know at what point the row jumps to the swords coming out here. I think they need a safe word, don't they? <laughs> I think they need a safe word where as soon as someone reaches for the sword, they can say that, no, no, we agreed we wouldn't get the sword out for this sort of yeah, occasion. It's like fighting with your brothers when you're younger, like you don't hit each other in the face. And by there the way, understanding. I, I've met people over the years who've said that like, them and their brothers did like hit each other in the face when they were fighting, and it's like you had a rough childhood <laughs> because like there's no way you should be like one banging your brother like in the face just over a row about what you have on the TV. And if you did, it's because something spectacularly got out of hand, and your mum is gonna rein you in yeah. very quickly. Um. Okay, uh, you have no idea how hard it is to get a hamster drunk. <laughs> so the scientists are at it again. I don't know the answer. That's just an actual headline, so um, there we go. Got, got this image of a hamster sat in a chair, which is like like a Boddington's can that this guy was drinking on Christmas Day. I'm never getting pissed, lads. I'm fine. The scientists, when they're, the budget comes out for the end of the year, and they're like, we've got about 15 quid left for the, for the year, lads. What can we do? And it's like, you get a bottle of vodka, I'll get a hamster. And we're going to see how much he can have before he gets drunk. How do you work out when a hamster's drunk? Well, because they're there sat at the table collapsing. Like, I can't have any more and the hamsters are absolutely fine. <laughs> What's right with you lot? Uh, there's a few like this um, this week. Pole dancing axe thrower has world target in her sights. So I don't know what the record is she's going for, but you're a very interesting person if the first four words people use to describe you are pole dancing axe thrower. <laughs> yeah, if, if I mean, if she's doing them at the same time, yeah. then I'm amazed. Woman who had leg amputated after pedicure gets $1.75 million settlement. Yeah, it seems... I think I probably want a bit more, actually. I was about to say that. How much, that is, your, how much is your leg worth? Yeah, I, I do remember... Um, if, when I was a kid, before going on like one of these PGL trips or whatever, there was a, a random thing. Obviously, I think your parents would have to fill out, but there was an insurance thing, and not maybe not fully realised. I think I oh, a limb is like a million pounds. I don't need a limb, do I? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's your arms and legs, Tom. But obviously, at that age, thinking a million pounds—that's well, probably cut around arm now. Yeah, I used to look at people with crutches and think it looked quite fun when you would see them yeah. skipping around on them, and then. I've fortunately I've never had to use crutches. Yeah, probably not that fun, is it? Probably not a lot of fun. I remember getting taken to A and E maybe like once or twice when I was younger because I think it's one of them. Probably been a bit of a drama queen. That hurt, doesn't sound right. Hurt my foot playing football and then just like 
convinced myself that this is more than just like a twisted ankle. Right. And there's a point when you're waiting there where she won't say it, but my mum is probably thinking, it best be broken at this point. <laughs> like I remember coming best out. I'm wasting my fucking and time. And them telling her to get me one of them like tuby grips um, <laughs> on the way back. And then it's like, it's a sprain basically. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this, is, this isn't a good look. Second time, even worse. <laughs> Uh, the US is being invaded by weird penis snakes that have slithered up from the Amazon. Dear Lord. So, penis snakes? Yeah. Stay the hell away. <laughs> to be fair, some of the things you hear about in America are like, I know it, you should see an alligator coming before you see one of these spiders or things in Australia. If you hear American people saying like, Australia, some of the stuff you see over there, there's just as much horrible things in America. Yeah. Animal-wise. Now, if you're in Florida, you've got to avoid the alligators, a man with a gun, and now penis snakes. Well, I see on the um, like spitballing timeline where it's predominantly Americans, and they'll refer to, like, um, like someone will have a snake in their garden and have a picture of it, like, I had to get rid of this big boy today. And someone under replies will be like, oh, it's only this, it's harmless. Like, it's just the most normal thing in the world to see this, like, three-metre snake in your garden. Even things like, uh, sort of thing like, yeah, yeah, I had to get the dog in the other day, it looked like he's about to get eaten by two coyotes. I'm like, that's not great. <laughs> no. I don't think that's ideal. <laughs> um, McDonald's China confirms it's testing exercise bikes in stores. They're obsessed with this, aren't they? The, the thing of, like... <laughs> If you eat shit food, you're going to know about it. <laughs> like, I've seen people have bigger McDonald's orders than me, but if, if you've even ordered like two meals or like a, a meal and an extra burger or something, I don't want to see someone go in hell for leather on an exercise bike in front of me. No, no, no. The last thing you need. Not even that it's going to make me feel guilty. Just that's going to be quite, that's going to be quite irritating, especially if someone's sweating when they're on one of these bikes just in the middle of a store. Yeah, never good. Um... Boy excited about watching first rugby matches left in tears after he was vomited on by drunk fan. <laughs> I think I saw this headline actually. I remember seeing it like, uh, does rugby have a drink problem? So I think it might, yeah. Was well, if like, if he wasn't excited to go beforehand, that makes this any this makes this any better or worse. Like lad who didn't fancy, lad who's dragged to his first rugby match left in tears after he was vomited on by drunk fan. It's like that's still just as bad. Yeah, yeah, just just kid that got vomited on by fan was all that was needed to be told there. Uh, man hides Britain's largest model train set from his girlfriend. Blimey! Didn't want a crampy style. She's probably terrified. Like, what has he got in the basement? Yeah. <laughs> and she's found that. A man who says he found a frog in a box of lettuce has named the amphibian Tony and is currently keeping it as a pet. Nice. Happy Most for happy story for yeah. Christmas. Um, NASA has hired a priest to help humans prepare for alien encounters. Traditionally, obviously, a priest has been your go-to to solve problems. I watched that Don't Look Up on Christmas Eve. Yeah, how did you find it? I've seen every ever... Have you watched it yet? No, I'm, I'm going to. Okay, so... But uh, I've seen... The, I, everybody's slating it whilst then seeing a headline saying people are calling it flawless. I was like, I've not seen anyone call it flawless. No, I'm like... I'm sure that's the vibe I, I've got. Part of going in was I knew that I would put off watching it if I went on to IMDb and looked yeah. at the reviews because yeah. I assumed they were going to be horrible. Yeah. Like, that cast of actors, you're just asking to be just trashed. Um... 
So I didn't really, I wasn't able to look up whether it was a comedy, whether it was an action, whether it was, I saw that it was written, I believe, um, by the guy that did um, The Big Short. Okay. That's why I was expecting something a bit similar. I don't know if you've seen that, but you'd like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And essentially what it is, is it's a two hour, 20 minute long um, political satire, basically. Okay. The premise is that right at the start, literally the first two minutes of the film, Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio discover that there's a comet the size of Mount Everest that is going to crash in to uh, the universe and it's going to wipe out the entire population. Um, And then the film is essentially a satire on how America and the other countries would deal with this situation. Um, Like they, they mock whether certain people would believe it when they're seeing it in the sky and this and that. It's a good concept. It, I enjoyed it. Hmm. I came out of it thinking, I don't really know what kind of box to put this in because I couldn't compare it to an action film. I couldn't compare it even to a a just standard comedy. It wasn't really like The Big Short. The Big Short, I guess, was intelligent and funny. This was like... Yeah. So I couldn't really put it in a box. I would say probably like a six and a half out of ten. All right. It's, it's not one that, I mean, if anyone rewatches it, it's because they're a particular fan of one of the actors. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed it while watching. I didn't think it felt like it was like three and a half hours long. Like it, like it could have been with that kind of film probably helps that, you know, the people that are in it, you can probably get you out of trouble if even the script was a bit yeah, like, it's, it's can... a, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I think yeah, I yeah. think you'll like it. There's there's certain things where some are giving it credit just because they can draw a comparison, like, and they're calling it like clever. When I don't think it's the most clever humor in People the world. People do that, don't they? Yeah. It's essentially if if me and you and I'm really going to downplay it now. <laughs> it would be the things where if you were going to take the stereotypes and if you were going to play up. This is how the right would react to this. This is how the left would react to it. Yeah. It's essentially what you'd expect. We'd but, probably come up with but that. But with Jonah Hill, DiCaprio, Meryl Streep yeah. playing it out. That's fair. So yeah, it's it's worth it's worth a watch. Mm. I would just do it before um, all the clips and Everything things. Is, I yeah. quite liked that I had no clue at all. Yeah, it's probably the best way to go into that. So yeah, and I, I usually... I usually watch a longish film on Christmas Eve that, like, that I've just been putting off. So this time I thought rather than put it off, I'd do it. Like I've watched Godfather, Godfather Two, etc. Catch me if you can. The last couple of Christmas Eves. That's a couple so, of good Christmas Eves there. Yeah, did this and then after watched Harold and Kumar Christmas and the night before back to back. So good, decent Christmas. So Eve. good. Um, Barclay County deputies arrest man who fled traffic stop with a baby alligator in the car. <laughs> um, I've got the new Far Cry game. I've not played much into it, but Goff texted me. He was kind of on the edge of whether to get it or not. And I said, he's like, what have you done on there so far? And I was like, not much, but I've got this like um, alligator that follows me around and you can get it to attack people on demand. And he was like, I'm, I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a name, but I can't think what the name is, but fun little game so far. Um, Enjoyed it. I was was lost at Far Cry 2, though. The first one I played was 
the one that had it was another famous guy playing the villain because this time it's the guy from Breaking Bad. Um, I did see the trailer actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was another famous bad guy that played it on a previous one, and it was like a religious cult he was writing. I can't think who it was. Yeah, I think that may be the third one. I remember seeing it advertised. It was, At this point, I don't think I had the console in line with it anyway. So that's so it would have been I whatever the but... first one that was out on PS4 mm, was. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think I, I was enjoying playing it. But I needed to trade something in to get something else, and so that took. It was a no-brainer. That took the hit. Um, professional ham sniffers in Spain are strained to the limit of human possibility. They're having to sniff eight hundred hams per day this holiday season. That feels very Tinder bioish. <laughs> professional ham sniffer. Professional ham sniffer. I'll do eight hundred a day if I have to. I like that. They're saying they're being stretched to the limit of human possibility. I like that that's even a job to begin with. Like, it's like, like it's not like a part of a deeper job. Like your job <laughs> is professional ham sniffer. Yeah, what, what do you do when you... No, 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 that's it. That is literally all I do. Because I thought that when you see the adverts for like cider and it's like we taste every batch before we send it out to make sure it's in line with our taste. If you're tasting that much a day, surely every it's hard to tell even like when a, when there's a slight difference your tongue or would be fucked <laughs> yeah I've always uh, I mean I'm not saying they do do it but even sniffing 800 hams a day by the time you if the 650th one smells bad you probably question like does it yeah you need a second opinion <laughs> yeah I mean how much differentiation can there be I think after probably 10 yeah there's not much difference uh, Japan invents lickable screen to imitate food flavours is, you may have seen that. That feels just like the end Isn't is it, not. Wasn't this one of the things in Willy Wonka? The Mike TV gets sucked in with it. He ends up in the TV, I think. Yeah, but I mean, licking things, they lick the walls, don't they? Yeah. Which is a pretty weird thing to be doing. Well, know? I saw the first time I Straight saw this jacket. headline, it was quote tweeted with Laura Woods at the darts. <laughs> <laughs> We're back on the ham sniffing yeah. again. Um Convicted arsonist named acting fire chief of Illinois Fire Department. This is like <laughs> this is like in the films where they're like, we can't catch this real bad villain, so we're going to find someone who has killed eighteen people before. We, he can get inside the mind and show us exactly what we need to be doing. <laughs> yeah, we're going to give him all this power and responsibility. That seems like a great idea. Um, Austin car dealer, Austin car dealer, murder for hire suspect caught after he wrote a positive internet review for one of the alleged hitmen. <laughs> Speedy service would use again. Feels very horrible bosses esque yeah. doesn't it? Man sentenced to three and a half years in prison after transferring 23.5k on ex-girlfriend's phone by pulling up her eyelid. <laughs> <laughs> If dangers of modern technology. Yeah, if he's got a girlfriend that just has twenty three and a half k just in a standard account, he's probably doing all right anyway. Yeah, yeah. He's got too greedy. She's obviously a heavy sleeper. Yeah. Man who tried to kill the queen with a crossbow made Darth Vader terror video before breaking into palace. Did you know about this this Christmas? It felt like a. I remember they said it on the news. I'm thinking this should probably be bigger news than it is. Well, I actually clicked the headline for this one because I assumed it was going to be like a queen yeah. somewhere else in the yeah. world. And when I saw it was over here, and I was like, what? This? Yeah, I thought this would be... I'd have heard about this. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't make it a bigger thing. 
whether they just go, look, we've got enough going on at the minute, yeah. we'll just try and put this on the back burner. I don't know. Um, a crossbow always feels a real commitment. Yeah. That always feels like you've really gone out of your way to say, I'm a psycho. And uh, Quebec snowmobiler dies after driving under a moose. <laughs> what a way to go. Because you, you can picture the way he's gone there. Like he's literally, he's probably broken his neck or something else horrible in that situation. Rough way to go out. I can't think of a moose without thinking of that Rogan clip where he says, you send that track of that moose. Yeah. And finally, surfer's board bitten by swimming boar in Hawaii. Oof. Just don't go in the water. Yeah, 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 don't do it. A boar? I didn't even know they could swim. They're evolving. <laughs> so there we go. All right, if we just get on to uh, some sport there now, there's quite a uh, busy news of the week. Um, the Christmas schedule. Um, you'll be no stranger here. Jurgen Klopp has again spoken out against a congested oh, Christmas fixture schedule, emphasising that playing on the 26th and the 28th of December is not right. Um, he also said that in the past week that the league needs five substitutes back and in his interview yesterday, he is complaining that the international break is unfair because Burnley players get more time to rest than his because they aren't going on the international break. That one seems a fairly easy fix. <laughs> Don't get the better players that yeah, are going to be called up. That one's a weak one, isn't it, Christ? He, I think he just likes beefing Sean Dyche, to be fair. <laughs> like, it's kind of the thing. I don't know if um, he feels... Cause he, Simon Jordan called him a bully, didn't he, for going at Arteta? Yeah. Yes, I think he's, he's got to like, the biggest guy in the prison yard, doesn't he? Yeah. I did think, as a, as a sub-point, and I've made my views on Simon Jordan clear previously, sometime, I, I think he... I think he is what people like to explain Piers Morgan as, in the fact that... Yeah, probably fair. I do think... I probably wouldn't particularly like Simon Jordan, but he does make points where I do think, okay, yeah, you are saying the things that perhaps... Even just something like him calling Grealish a moron, which nobody wants to hear, but at the time, I thought he made a good point. Look, the guy had to do a lot of work to get rid of a bad reputation, and he's, got it back and he's brought it back. Yeah. If you keep doing the same thing, you're a moron. Mm. Um, he said in there, are people just not supposed to react to Klopp because then they're going to be told, well, you spurred the crowd on mm. and that cost you the game? Because as we said on here... I don't think that was the be-all, end-all in terms of Arsenal weren't going to get a point, Arteta reacted, and then Klopp was like, right, we're winning this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. But So, I don't really know how people are supposed to react to him in the game, because if you lose, as most teams do to Liverpool, you call a sore loser for doing it. Frank was the same. He just was very whingy in how he did it, too fair. <laughs> Arteta, I thought, did the right thing afterwards. He was like, look, I'll back my players, what else do you want me to do? Um, but Klopp, more than ever, isn't helping his reputation of being a moaner. No, no, he definitely isn't. Um, as I said before, he's, I, I guess, at least consistent on this. It's not like this is a new thing that you're saying, is it? Or he's doing it, um, as I said before, off the back of like a loss. When they start doing that, you're like, well, you're just doing this because you're lost and whatever. He's not doing it on that. So th- there is that, that I think the points he's making are valid. For example, in within that piece, there is a. He says, "I'm happy. 
I respect the tradition of playing over Christmas. I'm happy to play on Boxing Day. I think we should play on the 29th. I'd be happy to do that. It's just basically I'd want three days rather than two, which is a fairly standard uh, expectation. And I think if most other people came out of it, you'd probably be like, yeah, that's probably fair. Because it's Klopp and the way he's doing it gets people rubbed it the wrong way. And really what he's looking for is like flexibility to change things. Well, for example, if you had a team that falls into the Europa League, we know their fixtures will then be Thursday, Sunday. If for whatever reason there was a Thursday, Saturday one, there would be uproar from the manager and, and would be rightly so. So Klopp is doing that. But I agree, once you've done it X amount of times, people start turning off. I think what doesn't help him, and it shouldn't be the case, is that he's foreign. Yeah. Is this because is... it comes into the, you know, you come over here into our game. Yeah. Who do you think you are trying to change it? And I'm not, us- I mean, I'm not, I'm not like that, but I do take the case of um, when the managers do complain about the Christmas period, it's like, this isn't a new thing. It's literally, it's one of the things you know, that we're famed for in Europe oh. is this tough Christmas period, which they always say separates the title challengers from the title winners. I With that as well, then it should help him, but actually goes the other way when other managers come out and support it. So obviously Tuchel and Rangnick have come out with similar things and this country doesn't need much excuse to go, if you don't like it, go about where you came well, it, Particularly if you're from a certain country in yeah, Europe. It doesn't help that need... they're all from Germany. Yeah, <laughs> we, we do thing. not need uh, much excuse. Well, Rang- Rangnick is actually the worst. because Well, it's... his arguments are, I think, the worst as well, the weakest. For well, having just come in and then say scrap scrap a tournament, you can't really do it, can you? Well, the, ca- the Carabao as well, and I know they got smashed off very fortunately, the Sunderland by Arsenal in the end. That's a once in a lifetime for those players to even have the opportunity to yep. play in a quarterfinal at the Emirates Stadium. Getting rid of it is one of the things that we love is about the cup competitions is those kind of games. I do think the broadcasters haven't helped their situation with the games they've picked to be on TV for the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup where most of them are Premier League versus Premier League clashes or a Premier League, uh, like a low Premier League versus a Championship, where it's like this isn't no really this no. isn't really a shock. I'm not sure we want to. I don't want to tune in and see Man City against Lincoln, but I would like to see weird example. Okay, Portsmouth West Ham. They aren't drawn together, but that- the thing is, we it's is you know, layman. We can pick out one that's fairly clear for what you think. There's potential upset there. So you want them, or if you're going to have a big game, it has to be the big boys playing each other. Isn't it like Villa Leeds or something like that is on TV? If it was a Prem game, you wouldn't be, oh, I need to watch that. So in the Cup one, you're not going, especially because sometimes these teams rotate their teams anyway, even for the Cup. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so so slightly different argument from Rangnit, but I thought his one was was pointless. But again, it it just blurs the whole thing. For example, because people, and it's partly Klopp's own making this, because when you moan so often, people switch off. People are going to be thinking, he said, I don't want to play on Boxing Day, which isn't what he said. But if you make enough noise, eventually it all gets drowned out and it just becomes a guy that's moaning for the sake of moaning. What I've seen with Klopp now, and look, I, I don't expect this to happen, so I'm going to raise the point. I'm not expecting this to be the case. Um, I hadn't seen it because I was watching the Arsenal game. It wasn't televised. There was a particularly bad challenge from Tyler Morton on yeah. Pereira in that game. Yeah. And I saw a big Twitter thing today with all kinds of retweets saying, interesting that Klopp didn't come out post-game and slate Tyler Morton for his tackle on Pereira. And it's like, for, 
privately, he may have a word and say, mainly for for what's helping us, we can't be dealing with going down to 10 men, calm it down. Yeah. He's never going to, after a win on penalties, from what I gather when with the crowd and everything, was quite a highly, highly charged game, yeah. say, look, I, I appreciate we're through to the next round, but what I really want to talk about is Tyler Morton's challenge on Pereira. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm continually amazed that people are surprised managers are hypocrites. Um, I don't think he was asked about it in his press conference either, was he? No, and I don't believe he was. And if he did, given as I'm sure he would have straight batted it, wouldn't he? He would have. So, yeah, I mean, the, the point you're touching on there is ultimately that people don't like him and don't like aren't going to like Liverpool managers, so therefore are going to be looking for reasons well, to disagree with him. People, people were shocked, and I don't need an excuse to get on his back. People were shocked that. Kane didn't come out after Liverpool Spurs game and say, you know what, I deserve to be sent off on my tackle yeah. on Robertson. What was he going to say? What was he? I blows my mind, honestly, what people think is going to happen. Um, we spoke about it before. It was I saw Arsenal fans complaining that Kane celebrated his goal against Liverpool. Like, <laughs> yeah. Celebrated like he's won the World Cup. I know he celebrated like he's not scored in a while and he's just scored against the, one of the top two teams in the country. Yeah. Not that hard to work out. Seems fairly obvious, doesn't it? So a letter was published today via Football Three Six Five. If you've seen their website before, I think they're quite a big Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. Um, that called Klopp nothing but a smiling Mourinho, and, <laughs> and compared him to a Tory government with his constant need for a scapegoat. Blimey! I would say he's more like um, more like a sort of like left wing pundit, where you know, like the points they're making, I actually don't think many people will disagree with. But when it bec- they just make it in a way that seems so whingy that so so for example you might see a insert blank tweet that you think that's absolutely agreeable and you'd be like oh it's fucking Owen Jones I can't really agree with that and to the point where Klopp's now at a stage where he's moaned so much that people aren't interested in what he's saying that he could say the sky's blue and you'll go very maturely put your hands and your f- fingers in your ears and go blah 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 the sky's red thank you I don't want to listen to you yeah I used to quite enjoy listening to him speak, mainly because he was one of the few managers that actually did give you their genuine feelings after a game. Hmm. Um, I thought there used to be questions of, do we need to interview managers straight after? And he was the answer of like, this is why we do it. Yeah. Um, more so now, it, it, I am one of them, like most, where you do switch off because it's like, what are you whinging about today? Yeah. And it probably is, a bigger part is, he may have one little comment in the grand scheme of a 20-minute press conference, but he does have that reputation now. And I, I think the things in, as fans, and I literally brought it up on the last podcast, just me and you did, where I said, do you think Arsenal are targeted by referees? Hmm. And he said, no. And I said, I don't think they are either. But when you look at it, this, you can say, okay, I can see why You can make an argument. Klopp, when it's like, it's different with, or actually even the way he speaks about it with the games, to be fair. It's like every single bad decision is a direct attack on him. Like when he was speaking to the ref and he was like, you don't like me. Yeah. It's like, I'm sure none of the refs do, to be quite honest. Yeah, with yeah, you. absolutely. Yeah. But it's like, that's that's not helping your case. All it does is get the FA's backs up and they're going to give you no help. No, I, I think it goes... Um, I always felt this with uh, like Warnock would do his thing where he would berate refs constantly throughout the game after pre-game sometimes. I always felt 
there's any small little 50 50 year, they're not going to give it for you. They're going to go against you, and you're not helping us out in the long run. I don't think in the, in the short term, you might be able to bully an official in the long term. They're actually going to have to be seen to be acting against you as well. I think you can't be seen to be bullied by no, the Liverpool. I manager. think it's a lot harder now. I think the the officials had a rough ride with Fergie, and we'd all have had a much happier childhood if they'd put their foot down hmm. much earlier then. Yeah. And it's like since then they've had a meeting and they're like, we're not letting that happen. We again. can't be seen to be. And far more well. now. I don't know if it's just because we were younger, but we we know the officials' names far more than we ever did. Like you can tell me on a Saturday, I mean, Jack, if whether he listens to this or not, you can tell him you've got Craig Pawson refereeing you at the weekend and he can go, oh God, I remember when we played Sunderland in 2001 and he did this, this, he hates Chelsea. Yeah, Jack has got some issues yeah. though. Maybe he's the exception. And, and so, no, football fans are nowadays, very much like that. We now. just yeah. know so yeah, many of them and they're inflated. Like Jack said, he he wouldn't, he didn't want to get a picture, what was it, um, Mark Clattenburg. <laughs> but there are a lot more people now who would. People recognise the referees and the referees, Mike Dean and Crouchy has a lot to answer for for blowing him up and Sky Sports when yeah, they had him on the chair. Yeah. He He's more recognisable than some players. Which is the last thing he needed was to be inflated more. And so he's not going to let Klopp push him about. And if anything, he's going to say, right, what big decision can I make against you today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing, the, the thing we've complained about with officials that are not held to account is that these things close ranks. So they'll go, right, he's refereeing next week anyway, or he's on your VAR next week. Yeah. So you're not going to get out of it that way. I guess in summary of it, I actually, I haven't read anything from Klopp where I thought, I don't see the point you're making here. Uh, I think they're probably all valid points. But yeah, the, the way he's making, I also think the timing it's very tricky at the minute. Now, there isn't another time to complain about festive fixtures yeah. other than a festive time. But it's unfortunate, I mean, with the rising of COVID cases and games being postponed, I think there's a lot of frustration around the game at the minute and some genuine big concerns that football will either be temporarily cancelled or that we'll go back to being behind closed doors, which no one wants. So I think anyone suggesting that we either need less games or need to be more fresh is either people either are very cautious they don't want it to happen or are saying look we've got bigger concerns at the minute can you just shut up for five well I saw I saw him getting some stick because he complained there was no hand sanitizer in the Spurs press room and which I thought was a, a fairly sensible like, yeah and then I saw others pointing out like he lost his mum's COVID didn't he yeah yeah and he couldn't fly back in the he middle of it exactly and it was exactly. like there's a I I could be objective there. There's some people who just were, oh, well, he just it's because he lost. He wouldn't be complaining. He drew if he wouldn't be complaining if this hadn't happened. That's exactly it. The, the problem is there are, obviously, and this probably works partly in Klopp's favour, Liverpool fans will blindly follow him no matter what, right? Yeah. So I think uh, he's earned that, to be fair. He absolutely has, yeah. And uh, the, with, with that, though, so he might say something you don't agree with, but they'll go with it. But there's on the flip side, there are people, I've said that, He'll make absolutely perfectly salient points and they will just go in like, that isn't a huge thing. And I saw the same thing that someone captioned it like, oh, look what he's moaning about now. Like, yeah. Saying there's not hand sanitizer in a press conference yeah. isn't a particularly big thing. But they're making it into a much yeah. bigger thing than it is. And we'll just go against him because, because they actively dislike him. I said before, I get it if you don't like him. I absolutely yeah. get that. But it doesn't mean you have to disagree. For example, you brought up Simon Jordan earlier. 
I I agree with Simon Jordan far more often than I disagree with him. And I don't necessarily even have to particularly like him, but I agree with most things he yeah. says. When he does, I do disagree with him. It's often quite emphatically disagree. Yeah. But for ninety percent of the time, I agree with him. But you don't have to. You don't have to like someone to agree and disagree with them. You can. It's possible to have a bit of both. Yeah. Um. The five substitutes thing. I understand entirely the point, but I also acknowledge that it's it's just not fair. And no. no. Because, and. Arsenal. Strange who, one for him to take. Bearing in mind, if you consider City our greatest rivals in Chelsea, going to benefit them more than it's going to benefit Liverpool. Like Arsenal, and I think when we did it, I won't give even my take on it, but you, Alex, and Jack, I think, said that we probably had the weakest squad in the big six in terms of squad depth. Yes. Our, our squad... Spurs have done their best to test that theory. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, we were bringing... Emil Smith Rowe off the bench for the last four mm. games. And Great. so that's that's our first substitute. Our second substitute, if he wasn't um exiled, would be one of Abamyang or Lacazette. The third one is gonna be at the moment, and it's in terms of the depth compared to other teams, is gonna be one of Lakonga, it's gonna be um either a young lad, but I'm I'm saying it's gonna be an ex either a very experienced player or a good academy prospect. Once, yeah. And that's when we get into the fourth the fourth one you're still going to have. Yeah. Um, it's just Klopp can say what he said about Burnley and those players. Burnley's fourth sub compared to Liverpool's. And Liverpool, as you just said, their squad compared to City and Chelsea. Liverpool's fourth sub is going to be a lot better than... Burnley's is and, and some of these teams that are able to get points and are able to cling on like you, can you imagine being like Newcastle and you've got to 60-70 minutes against Liverpool or United and then their fourth sub they can bring on a guy who's played 20 times for his country and yeah like a, probably a perfect example Nicolas Pepe would probably get a lot of appearances as our fourth sub definitely yeah definitely would yeah. and whether you say he's a flop or not he gets into Burnley's team, he gets into Norwich's team, he gets into Newcastle's, Everton's. It's... And it's not looking like a, a different player, by the way, because he'd probably be coming on, like you said, last 10 minutes as a fourth choice and would pick up a goal or two here or there where people go, oh, he's a nightmare to come on right at the end. Yeah, I, I, I'm i just a bit sceptical when it comes to those managers at the top saying, this isn't because I'm we're getting more draws than we'd like, it's because... I, the players they're playing a lot of minutes because play those players from the start then yeah and and there's also I mean this links back to the other things Klopp was saying is as much as I think the points he's making are also valid if you say to me the reasons he's making them aren't entirely genuine I wouldn't push back on that too much I think he probably is I think and some of the other managers as well he was talking about this, I think they are concerned about player welfare but predominantly they're looking after themselves in their own job which is their right but let's not pretend you're sort of saints on no. this and yeah, the issue with the five subs is the perfect example of that. You're doing it to try and benefit you and your club, nothing else. The other thing where it's particularly difficult, Guardiola's made this point as well, but then has also had games where he's made no subs or one sub. Well, you're not making all your subs anyway. And then, secondly, with Klopp, for example, he started Salah and Mane in a dead rubber at the San Siro. Yeah. Now, okay, things worked out right now, but in the previous year, we also he did that in a different game and who was it got injured? Someone picked up an injury anyway. So, 
I, that's impossible for me to defend. I'd, I'd like to, yeah. but it's impossible for me to defend that. You're saying these players are overworked. You got a prime chance not to. The whole point of winning your first four Champions League games, you can rest them for the last. Yeah, and we didn't. So it's. Uh, I know we rotate the squad in other areas, but you play two of your main attacking players in those games. Yeah, I mean, it does play in then. So the next thing I had down is why are some games called off and others aren't, and Oof. they they almost just shouldn't say anything because everything they've said they have gone back on with like a day later I think the day they said we're not calling off any more games they called off two games that yeah. afternoon um, and we're not made aware as fans as to what the parameters are there was the, there was uh, if you have 14 players and I think it was either first team players or youth players that have made an appear a first team appearance then you should have to play and then they were saying that Everton had to play despite having only nine and then went back on it a day later wasn't it two of which were goalless as well in that night? Yeah, because Begovic tweeted saying I was looking forward to playing left back. Did enjoy that. Um, do Do you think it's fair to say that some clubs should just be conducting themselves better? Because some teams have been far more hit than others. And I know at Arsenal, I'm not I'm somewhat just... Uh, because I was just because it was Spurs and United that were getting some favourable treatment, mm. but there's some Arsenal fans that are like, "Look, we had to play our first game of the season, so no other game should be called off." <laughs> and I think, in a way, it has helped us somewhat. One, because we ended up spending more after that, and two, I think um, supposedly we've put in a lot more behind the scenes to what the players can and can't do because we've seen what it's like to have to play without key players, right, yeah, yeah. and we're not going to let it happen again. I also think what benefits us is that Arteta's shown with Emil Smith-Rowe in particular now, once you're out of the team, no matter what your name is, you're not just getting back into the team. You have to wait for your slot effectively. And supposedly said to the players behind there, look, you can go to a busy restaurant in the evening. You can go to a nightclub if that's what you're having to do. But just know if you get COVID, whether it's your fault or not, it might be two, three months before you're back as a regular starter again. Yep. And you look at some other teams and right around the time that Spurs are being told that they had the lack of discipline in their team, they had the bad club culture, they then, their whole training ground gets wiped out. <laughs> it It is frustrating. If you offered me the game suspended or points on the board, I'd rather have the points on the board. But if I was Spurs or United, what's the one thing we always say when you bring in a new manager? They don't have the time, especially at this time of year. Klopp said about Rangnick, didn't he? Yeah. He's not going to have the time to get it. They've both just had five weeks with a new manager. Yeah. If you say that's not going to impact the race for top four, then I don't I don't know what is. <laughs> no, and look, a cynic would suggest games called off over the festive period isn't a bad thing for no. teams. It's worked out. Especially when it's like the one of the two that's being called off. Like you're still playing your game a week, but the second one's being yeah, called for, off as others. For example, and I don't think this was due to our case, it was due to the Leeds ones, right? I think that Leeds-Liverpool one was yeah, called off. Yeah. But it's worked out fantastic for us. Leicester have just played Man City, got a hide in. We played them a couple of days later. We've obviously haven't played against Leeds. So we've had a lot more time off. That's a, a hugely unfair advantage. There's no getting around that. And there's numerous other cases you could you could pick in that. I, I do think there's... I guess a couple of things to unpack. I think the ambiguity around the rules was kind of working for the league 
because they didn't have to explain themselves as a club's also us. They could say on a case-by-case basis, they could treat it as they wanted. But that does obviously leave yourself open to things like accusations of favouring clubs. Yeah. Now, I think the rules are a little bit more clearly stated. That's fine. But I also think by stating rules, you are opening to manipulation. What? Because well, I don't know how much these tests are being checked independently. Yeah. I don't imagine they are. I imagine you've probably said, we've got 14 cases or whatever, yeah. game off. So you would need, you should probably have some sort of check and balance on that. And then you've also got the situation where the language has increasingly creeped in that COVID plus injuries. That's, that can't come that's in. That's infuriating. And, and frankly, that's the only one where I'd say Arsenal had them in the first game of the season. That was, mind just, forgive me if I'm wrong here, but I believe, was it, you had four people out with COVID so and other so, injuries and so other relatives coming back? It was um, Lacazette and Aubameyang had COVID. Runnison had COVID, who wouldn't have been in the team anyway. Thank God. And William had COVID as well. And, and then, everyone's were like injuries, were they not? Like Gabriel so, was injured, I think. So Gabriel was injured. Yeah. Um, and him and Martinelli had only just got back from um, Brazil in the Olympics. Yeah. And then we had Ben White and Saka, who hadn't long been back from the from Euros, the so yeah. so weren't fit to start, but. I think Saka came on, White started. Yeah, so it's so it was it was four cases and supposedly a lot of staff. So this is my thing with the the Arsenal online that you said are a bit crazy about like our game should have been cancelled. I think on if you had a team tomorrow that had that situation, I'd go, well, you've got to play. You're unlucky, we but you've had, got to play. We had four cases on Saturday, but it just so happens that right backs just seem to be more susceptible to COVID because <laughs> every case in our squad yeah. were, was right backs. It annoys me with some where. The Spurs ones were saying, um, look, we, we've got a lot of staff that have come down with it. And it's like, look, oh, I'm sad. I don't want anyone to have COVID. That's not stopping you playing no, a game. No, that's it. If you can put a team out then. But supposedly what I was reading yesterday is, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong. I read this. It wasn't The Athletic, but it was a decent source near explaining the process. Effectively... The one team goes and says, we request to have the game postponed. Before the Premier League even then review it, they speak to the other team and say, look, would you be happy for this game to be postponed? And then if both clubs agree, they make it fairly easy for the league to say, both teams feel they're unable to put on the game they should be able to, we'll call it off. The issue is when one says yes and one says no, and so what happened with the Spurs-Palace game... Palace obviously put in... The Palace put in the request and said, look, we've got a rising number of cases. We're still waiting for the result of several more PCRs, um, but we'd like to log the request for it to be postponed. Um, Spurs said, look, we've had enough games postponed as it is. We've got the fixtures piling up. <laughs> we, we don't want to postpone the game. That's some great level of front. And so then in... The night before the game, probably about 11 o'clock, I think they said it was, they had the confirmation that Vieira had COVID and another, uh, some other members of staff. They went back and said, look, we don't even have our manager now. Spurs again said, we don't want any more fixtures piled up. We want to start playing our games. And the league said, right, you can still field a team. And if you look to Palace's team, they still had a first 11. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not a terrible team that you field. Players out. But the fact it's done like that, 
if I'm Spurs, I'm competing for the top four. We've got the players because they look, I mean, their stats in the games they have played, they've gone from the worst in the league to top two, I think, in terms of running yards. They want to be playing these games. And if it's against a battered Palace side, even better. All, even better. <laughs> but when it comes out like that, that's, that's a bad look because I imagine there were some teams that fancied themselves against the Spurs team with about eight men. And there was one, I think Spurs had like eight cases at one point. And it was like, well, by that case, you could have played the game, but the league were like, no, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, and I'm by no means suggesting this is some sort of conspiracy. It's just the way it has broken has worked very well for Spurs. Oh, blimey. (laughs) Newcastle won it. Yeah, my my brother texted me, texted me in the Liverpool game. Who else did they go take the lead against recently? They took the lead against someone else decent. And he texted me each time and said, I'm not hopeful of hanging on to this lead. And then he's just texted me again. This is another lead I'm, I'm not hopeful of hanging on to. No, no, listen, your, your team's giving you no reason to think you sh- you're going to hold on to this. Mind you, bloody hell, for real too, though. But yeah, it's, it's hard not to be cynical with some of these because in the times when they for said sure. that no games were being played, Spurs and United perhaps did the best thing for them and force the league's hand. They're like, right, we're closing our training ground. Yeah. We can't do anything at all. It, the, the problem is also going to fly. We've said about Spurs here. If you're going to see an increase in teams that are in really good form, miraculously don't have a lot of cases, you are going to be looking at this thinking, that's interesting. Well, because... Uh, and our team hits a rut, suddenly we need the next two games cancelled. Yeah. Doesn't I, look great. For, for me... I think we've spoken about for ages. Look, these these academy prospects are kind of wallowing away in the reserves. They don't they don't play these minutes. And you look at the academies for most teams outside of Brentford, where they just don't have one. <laughs> um, but for most, they have a number of players where it's great for them to get the opportunity. And let's see how good these these kids are. Like, it's not going to hurt. I'm not saying he's ready to be uh, the heir to Fabinho, but it's certainly not going to hurt Tyler Morton's development that he got to play 90 minutes against Spurs. No, no. And if every team is in the same uh, boat, for one, it's going to encourage the players to be more responsible. And for two, it's going to birth the careers of some players that would have been waiting another year because how many of these players have we looked at? When you even look at the likes of Rashford, you look at the likes of Saka for Arsenal. So many of these players just forced their way in. There was a shortage in one particular area for us. It was at left back. Saka yeah. played well in the Europa League, and then they were like, "Right, this this kid's played well. Now we'll keep him in." It almost always comes at a time of crisis, doesn't it? The, the, there's been a yeah. bit of crisis. We've thrown him in, and he coped well. So it's far less, isn't it? Um, like how you think it would be. They go out on loan, you do well in the championship. Like that's what was supposed to be the Harvey Elliott this year, wasn't it? Like you had a great year in the championship. Yeah. Now you come back and even with Smith Rowe, he had a decent season with Huddersfield. He came back in and even then he wasn't playing much. It was basically the Arteta was on the brink. We had all those injuries. Saka had to start, Smith Rowe had to start and someone else started. You're gonna have well. a si- similar situation with Martinelli. He didn't really want to play him. He kind of made that clear. Yeah. And his hand's been forced and it's worked out beautifully so, for him. I know I know your point is quite 
on that that I think you said you resent the fact basically that Arteta now gets the props for playing a kid who we all knew yeah, was good. I'm, yeah. I'm somewhere in the middle because I I do think... I understand being careful coming back yeah, from injury, for he, example. I don't think he was necessarily at the level at the start of the season that he was now. Yes, he was playing as a lone striker against Chelsea in the, in the time when effectively they said, look, you had your chance, you didn't take it, you're, you're back at the back of the line. Um but with some of it, Arteta spoke about um, and he said he started to learn now that he can't play every movement at 100 miles an hour, which is something he was doing before. He said it's not sustainable for you, which is why you then pick up injuries if your body's constantly in a state of exertion. But yeah, I, I think Arsenal fans had been crying out for someone. We're chasing a game and it's like, we maybe don't need to see Pepe for the 50th yeah. time. Yeah, like, we know the conclusion most well, of the time. Because if you, the game he came on, didn't he? The, the Palace game where we scraped a draw in the end and yeah. he came off the bench. And he's just so direct that he, it's like he doesn't know any other way. When we're doing the tippy-tappy, positional-based, he doesn't have the time Very for difficult. that. He gets it and it's like, where's the sat-nav, the shortest route to goal? Even, I don't know if you watched Match of the Day um, to see the Arsenal highlights. Our second goal yesterday, and he must be a nightmare to play against. We win the ball back because Martinelli presses an error from the other side of the pitch to what he's actually playing on. Nice. Forces an error, and then it goes into Odegaard's feet, spray the pass out, and Tierney has a nice finish. Um, It's just a, a wider point of... I always, when a manager sort of does something that fans were crying out for six months before, yeah. I'm always a little dumbfounded that they get credit <laughs> yeah, for yeah. Sort of seeing it eventually. So you're paid a huge amount of money to be ahead of us. You shouldn't be sort of the, the tail wagging the dog, if you like. Yeah, I have a couple of things about the January transfer window. Um, if If you were a betting man now, how much shorter, and I'm not asking you to literally do the bookmaking, <laughs> As a bookie, how worried should you be about the people that have bets on Arsenal to get into the top four? So if Spurs win all of their games in hand, they'll go a point ahead. Mm. And if United win all of their games in hand, then they'll be also, I think, a point or two ahead. So Arsenal could be down to sixth if both teams win all of their games in hand. Could have done with Liverpool beating Spurs, but obviously they didn't fancy that. Um should people that have those tickets feel any better or is it no, we still got a long way to go? Because if you if you told me Arsenal would be in fourth place at Christmas after the first three games, I would have said who's the manager? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd have, I'd probably ask to check your medication. Um they should be feeling great. If you if you got I imagine your odds were unbelievable at one point. Yeah. Um I saw a poll earlier where I said if the who do you think is going to be top four? I think Arsenal were leading the poll. Um, surprised me a little bit, um, considering Spurs got Conte. I just felt a little bit... United have probably got the best team at the three of you. That's the difference, mate, is, is the Conte one. I, I was feeling a lot more confident if Spurs hadn't had those five weeks. Even United, and we're not seeing it this second, but they've also the, had five weeks with, with a new manager. Yeah, the, the thing is, it's only because of Conte... It's Conte's past record that has me forecasting with Spurs in that I I don't read much into these results they've had. I think you can 
caveat a lot of these results in a similar manner that we said with that 10-game run Arsenal run. So when you pick apart some of these wins, it's misleading. I do think a lot of these Spurs results under Conte have been. Now, what aren't misleading, obviously their stats about the running numbers, for example, you can't cheat those. But I do think some of these results are, are a little bit, if you look at, you've got, the Liverpool game is obviously a fantastic game to watch. Is that the same game if we have Van Dijk, Fabinho, Thiago and Henderson? Yeah. I'm going to suggest not. I don't yeah. think I'm making excuses for us there. No, no. I think that's a different game. They went life and death with Leeds. They, and then in, in between that, you've got games like Norwich, Southampton. I'm not saying that you've got to win them, but I, I do think, I'm not buying all the Spurs stock at this stage. Norwich are, it's beyond belief how bad they are. (laughs) I don't know if you've seen any clips from the game yesterday. Um, Rob Holding is doing 360 roulette spins on the halfway line. I saw Xhaka do the thing in front of his back. That's just disrespectful. It looked uncomfortable even when he was doing it. Like, they, they're, they're at a point with them where we've, we've seen relegation threatened teams previously and I guess Brentford at the start of the season were a good example of that well, where Brentford in the Spurs game the worst I saw them all year for yeah, example yeah. so and I mean even that there's a, there's like an asterisk on that to me and Spurs fans will probably say we, yeah, we, we've made them look bad but I thought they were with, with some of these um, you'd look at these teams and you would say right don't get into a fight with them with, with Norwich they, they tried that yesterday at 1-0 um that Brandon Williams is a right piece of shit, by the way. <laughs> that it, it looks more and more likely, and I'm not sure it's as plain as this, but it's like kick sucker, basically. Mm. And it's not the first manager or players that have done that. But there's a number of this Arsenal team now, and I do think it's been told by Arteta since the Everton game, where I think he's been told he's told them, look, if you're not if the referee's not going to give it. Make sure he does. Do it or or have it given back yourself. Defend yourselves. Yeah. I think both of those things are true. Yeah, I think he's actively told yeah. them because I so. saw a lot of West Ham fans whinging after we beat them, and it's like, well, if we're not getting decisions in the game before, too right, they're going to get around the ref and f- force him to make a call. Um, Norwich tried making a scrap yesterday. And they then, don't even have that. No, they don't the even problem. like because Brandon Williams. Look, he, he he might have the desire for it, but. It's like he he tried it with Chihuahua, ben, he though, tried it? it with Ben White and it's like of all the players on the yeah. pitch he probably looks like one who you could pick on though he's a big bloke they he just laughed yeah and then yeah. they tried it just after shooting. and they had about a few minutes where they the crowd were on it and then we scored a second goal straight after and there's few things I love more at Arsenal than these angry Tierney celebrations like I don't know what he's so fuming about yeah yeah, yeah. why is this man so angry but like he he was running up and down the away support giving it the like giving it the big one and just like fuming and even Saka was like scowling while he was like screaming I was like I don't know what has been said to you in the dressing room but you all just look raging Pookie um, yesterday he was making them runs where you're looking busy. And we said about it with Ertzil, yeah. for example. Yeah. Um, and like he was turning and spinning before the pass was even done. And at one point, at some points, I can think maybe you're being intelligent. At other points, it's like, you know, it, he was, the runs he was making was for like a worldy pass. Yeah, and it's like, not gonna look, as, as good as you're telling me Billy Gilmore is and some of the games I've been told he's had a worldy and I've been like, have we seen the same thing mm-hmm. here? Like, he was never pulling off some of these passes to Pookie and they're just at least I'm seeing with some of these teams like 
Newcastle, they're going to lose this game probably by about three. I at least see with some of their players that they're up for the fight of it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I look at like Norwich and it's like, they were talking on commentary yesterday about planning for next season already and how they'll all be do- they'll already already be doing that at Norwich. <laughs> I can't. As a fan, it must be frustrating because I don't expect you not to back your boys kind of thing, but I don't know what differently they can do with their ownership, but it's just it, people are already saying next time they top the league, just ignore it. Yeah. Just go to the take second and third up because we don't need to see this again. Well, I think I, I think I tweeted it um, at the end of last season. I said that like I'm glad Brentford have gone up because I'm just depressed at the prospect of Norwich and Watford coming back up again because yeah. we 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 know the script for both of them. Norwich, yeah, even with Fulham as well. To be fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with them. We know um, Norwich will try and play nice football, be a bit too nice, not good enough. We'll go down, but we'll be back again next week. They're probably the the model way to run a championship club is they're not yeah. fucking themselves over, but but not showing probably enough ambition either. Well, Dar- and Watford are just insane and we'll sack a manager and, and hope for the best. Well, Derby tried the go up or die trying thing, didn't they? And, and die trying. Try and- yeah, exactly. I, I, hope Bla- I hope Blackburn <gasps> I hope Blackburn come up next year. Partly just because um get Boach on the podcast talking about Blackburn and also just something a, a bit different. Like Blackburn feel like a team that should be in the league, whether it's just because we want to talk about more on Gamps Pedersen or, or not. Two guys, just, just something like a, a, a bit different. There, um, I, I, the words uh, "proper club" will be used a lot if they get promoted. Let me tell you. Well, after after hearing about um, Boach talk on here and, and off the podcast, like I was just ready to buy all the stocks in Bradley Dack. I was like. <laughs> I was like, I'm seeing these highlight clips from you. You've got the bird from Love Island on your arm. Like, you, you've you've got like the haircut of like a number ten. Where I'm like, okay, you're a guy who, may I I can say the sentence. He's not going to get back and defend, but what he gives you at the other end of the pitch, <laughs> and it's like, it's just something a bit like if we get it's because Fulham are top at the moment. Yep, I think, or maybe no, I, I no, saw no. a stat they. They put seven past Blackburn and now Blackburn are two points behind them or something. It's something well, like what's that. What's Brom falling to then? It may, may be that they're second. I mean, it may be I, that they're second and, uh, if I said I felt depressed every time Norwich come up. Well, the, the thing I said to um, I said to uh, Evo about them being a yo-yo club. I mean, he uh, is he right got, the point he makes. He's not properly, he's yeah. not properly offended by it. The thing, the thing about them, it's the same with Norwich. When they did stay up, it was being pragmatic, tough to be, not the most easy on the eye. It was under Roy, Roy doing what he does. The only time Norwich made a good fist of it was under Paul Lambert, where it was lump up to Grant Holt and be tough. So, uh, you know, the blueprint has kind of been set up for both of those clubs for how they can stay in the league. It's just when they try and be a bit more expansive, it's, West Brom got the ultimate case of careful what you wish for, didn't they? Because they sat Poulos and ended up in a bit of trouble. Yeah. It's, it, it... It is it is weird though. I don't I don't know what they should do. But the next thing I had down for us is um, some of the players of what's going on in January and what we should expect from them. Uh, my boy Kim Hybrex could be doing a madness oh, here. Going uh, he's going to go out. You got to win by two clear legs, unfortunately. So even if he nails this, which no, he hasn't done. He's crumbled. That could be his uh, his chance. Yeah. Um, Ralph Rangnick came out today and said. He confirmed Martial does want to leave Man United, but he also confirmed no clubs want him. 
Um, and it, 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 Ralph, it, why do you have to do dirty yeah, like that? It annoys me when I see the headlines and I see Fabrizio post things like that, where it's like um, such and such is desperate to leave, but salary is still an issue. And it's like price down and row it. Yeah, Jesus. It's like if every club doesn't want to pay you that salary, there's probably a reason that they don't think mm. you're worth that salary. Mm. Yeah, for sure, it's a life out of me. And I know there was an issue, and I don't. I, maybe I'm making this up, but I feel like there's some players, maybe like Sturridge, for example, where you leave Liverpool, you're on a good wage, and so when he was linked with leaving, no clubs were looking at like Arsenal weren't linked with him, and we've taken some deadwood over the years. Like I thought for sure West Ham were going for Sturridge. I think we all did. Even with, just, even just with feel ones like that, classic like, move. So he was linked with Newcastle quite heavily. I recall. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It was like Newcastle aren't going to pay you an upgrade of what Liverpool were, especially under Ashley. Yeah, because and because you're not the guy that Liverpool were paying. No. And so Martial now he's essentially got to choose because look, the clubs that can give you that money are probably Newcastle. And then outside of that, you're looking at Arsenal or Spurs. Now Spurs don't want to pay for Martial. They probably, if they hadn't gone through and Dombele, they might be interested, but Mm. a guy who has the lazy tag attached to him, um, when you've got Kane up top already, um, they aren't going to take a risk also with the money that United are going to ask for for him. It's not like he's a free agent where you're supplementing the cost of no, the fee well, take with, the hit. with it. Um, and so the, the the guys like that, it's frustrating as hell to see because look, you can leave and go play football. He could probably go back to the French League. He could probably go somewhere like uh, Lyon, Monaco. Look, I, I imagine if you're looking for a club that will pay the wages, I imagine someone like AC, and I imagine he mm. could he could do a lovely job there if they're prepared. I know they're having a great um, run at the top of the league at the moment, but clubs will be willing to invest in the talent, but only to some extent. Like United, I think I think they feel they they want to profit on their 80 million that they paid for. <laughs> Yeah, that's it was happening. something around that, wasn't it? It was like it was like I think it was fifty-four it was million pound was the yeah. was the thing, and it's like At nobody. Time, even yeah, more it's money. like nobody. What has he done to justify getting a profit? No, on that, and so he he's got to be honest about where he's going next. I mean, you know, I always feel with that as well. It's uh, it feels short-sighted in that, except you're going to take a bit of a wage hit. Go and prove yourself somewhere. For example, if you said, I'm going to take a wage hit, but I'm going to go to Spurs, somewhere else like that, and get games, then I can get back in the big money. Because he, I think, me and you spoke about, I mean, a long time ago now, it feels like, but that we found he was a talent. But for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to show it. So you've, you're going to have to drop down a level and show it somewhere if you're going to, if you want to get back to it. The, problem, the, the message it sends out, if you don't want to drop wage, tells me, I just want to keep picking up the money. You just is the problem, and when you go somewhere, if you're going somewhere for less money, just don't sign a death row contract. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, because like I, I know in the end, I think Joe Willock was held over a barrel where everything had been agreed. Arsenal essentially said, "Look, you ain't playing Get out. for us again," and then Newcastle wouldn't let him sign anything less than a seven-year deal. <sighs> and with that, Joe Willock, even with the way he was held in regard at Newcastle at the time, 
isn't going to hold the clout that Martial is going to go where he goes next. The club that he signs for is going to sign him and they're going to feel lucky to have him if he's going down to the level we imagine. So sign like a three-year deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With an optional one year for yourself, maybe. Don't sign a five, unless unless it is somewhere. Like, I think I think if Spurs came in for Martial and they offer him a five-year deal, take that and run. Because <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I don't know what level he thinks he's at. He... He wasn't the big fish at Monaco. Like they, Man United got him, didn't they? Before he really started balling there, he, almost out of nowhere, seemingly. Yeah. And then it was like, right, this guy's a prospect, and, and obviously impresses early on at United. So you think, right, he has got something. But it, whoever signs him, they're going to be having to pay him the money to be their main man. I don't think anyone will trust him to be the main man for you. It's mad because it's I, a it's a risk. It's a huge risk. Whoever does go for him, I think if you put a poll up and asked who's been a bigger flop, Pepe or Martial. I feel it would be quite heavily in Pepe's favour. Is it saying he's the bigger flop? Yeah. yeah, 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 it would. When he's done more for Arsenal than Martial's done at United. People and, talk about that uh, that season. What, what did he get? It 20 like, goals or something. I think like the one year he, he actually got a good, but, yeah. but like, You also, you need to build on that and he never did. So. And Pepe, with, with what we do with this kind of thing, um, for the way you're credited for what you do in finals, like he had an assist in the FA Cup semi-final and he had an assist in the FA Cup final. Like On paper, he's... Mm. Um, he, Aubameyang, really. Some say he won that single-handedly. David Luiz was phenomenal that semi-final. Say, final. Yeah, yeah. Tierney was phenomenal in both. But the issue is the sort of the, the visual on that. So in people's minds, Martial was 54 million, Pepe 72. Yeah. And, and that seems... Both are, obviously look grossly overpaid yeah. as, as it is. It's strange. I mean, some other people that being linked, I mean, yeah, I didn't believe it for a second. ESPN was talking about, look, Lukaku might want to weigh out if it doesn't start clicking at Chelsea soon. I think he showed yesterday why he's the main man for Chelsea. The week I took him out of my regular <laughs> FPL team. Decent. I, I loved that run for the second goal and I spoke to Jack about it after. I love it when um, someone like that says, look, I'm not running round you. I'm running at you and do what you got to do. When Con- he gets in that mood, he's great. It just feels like he's not always in that mood yeah. is the issue with him. Concert and Mings looked as ordinary as you... The could- Mings highlights have been descending around on Twitter are brutal. So even just... I mean, I know we've made our thoughts clear on him on the pod, but oh, dear Lord. You, in, term- in terms of kind of um, quick off the top of the head, when I asked Jack who's the worst defender that could look good in Tuchel's system. When he said Mings, for, I was thinking about it even after we finished, like, I could genuinely see him Him in a back three would would probably would cash money because he's just going to head it away. Yeah. He's left-footed on the edge of that. On I the mean, edge of that. it'd be a phenomenal advert for Tuchel <laughs> if he can because I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about the guy at all. actually a great shout because I thought it, it's easy to say the likes of like Mustafi or someone like that if you're just saying about the system. The, the Mings one, I thought, I would actually be interested in, in seeing Yeah, him. I think we were all instantly thinking, I'd be yeah. interested to see it, if nothing else. But him yesterday, I think he's he's a guy who, when you see his highlights and what you're really selling him on, is he's bullying centre-forwards like, like Martial. Someone like that, who's like a dainty centre-forward who's going to try and run around him and he can... He's not going to be about the, the fight. Like, the, the winner that Lukaku got yesterday 
the ball's getting pumped in the area. So it's a nice ball by Hudson Adoy. And he doesn't even attack the ball. He tries to give Lukaku like a little nudge in the back. And it's like, if you're my main man at centre back, I want more than that that's from a, you. That's, that's actually probably my biggest concern when watching Mings is that, and by the way, not even, you say some of the ones he's bullied have been smaller. I've seen him get bullied by smaller guys. Where you think, at the very least with you, you've got to be a meathead. You've got to be strong, good in the air, a bit of a bully. And if the other things in your game fall apart, that's fine. I can accept yeah. it because you're a six foot five guy who's built. But you can't be getting physically built. And some of them he is. So that was where I was really thinking, you're just a left foot. You're yeah. just a centre back who happens to be left footed. And think, that's your career. I think the. You've got to say this, though. Christ, he's not going to. Oh, he's fucked it. every chance here. Yeah. I think he doesn't even have the kind of rep either. Like, I looked at. Um, no. If well, he, he, fair, he seems a nice guy. Yeah. In interviews and stuff, he seems like a guy, which probably goes against him. Wait, well, it, as a centre half, it wasn't how he was viewed after he stood on Ibrahimovic's face, and it's like you know, in hindsight, maybe. <laughs> I think everyone, yeah, if you had to pick someone, um, in interviews and stuff, he seems like a great. But guy, I could fairness. compare, and this isn't a fair comparison to him, but it's just the easy one to make. If I look at Arsenal when they played Villa, and I look at Arsenal when they, that. yeah, and I look at Arsenal when they played um, Villa. Um, noticeably there was ones with Saka wasn't there where you run and he looks up and it's Van Dijk and he goes for fuck's sake <laughs> yeah. and it's like who can I pass to to go around you when we played Villa and it was our best performance of the season at the time um, there was the Smith Rowe goal if you recall um, so we were 2-0 up we were kind of hanging on and then Smith Rowe had the one that deflects off Mings yeah. but yeah, yeah. he just ran at Mings and there was no fear at all and he's a slight guy and it's like he shouldn't be running at you no no he should be worried shouldn't he yeah I I'd be very surprised if managers in a build build up to a game of Villa aren't going right we're isolating him and we're working him I could and I I always give give this to Spurs and it's probably just because it's the kind of guy they pick up on like my football manager I can still always see them paying like (laughs) 20 plus million for someone like that. Like I can just see them in a Spurs shirt or whatever it is. I can kind of see it now you say it actually. (laughs) That is, I mean, potential disaster. I picked up um, Lloyd Kelly at my Brighton save and then Spurs came in for him like almost instantly and they bought Lewis Dunk off me as well. It's like (laughs) Dunk I've just seen in a Spurs shirt for for so long. Um, Other players that that ESPN say need a January move and don't take everything they say at face value because they have a headline on their website today uh, titled do dominant Man City need depth in January (laughs) (laughs) oh Christ Um, first name on the list Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang Um, I think it's tough the fact that he's going to AFCON Um, do you think he takes a get out in January or or not no I I think that, that feels like too big a move in January. I don't think anyone's going to make a move for him and I don't think he's going to. Unless Arteta really is going, oh, you've got to get out the door. I think the loan move is what looks like. Loan so, option to su- buy in the summer. Supposedly Juve won him on loan. <laughs> Shock horror. Um, and Milan as well. He was at Milan earlier in his career. Um, is that right? I didn't know that. Oh. I'm almost certain, unless I've uh, confused it. Um, mm. But it wasn't like he was banging in goals from it. It was one where... No, no, no. I, I think didn't. he didn't find really a home until um, Dortmund was obviously where he kept yeah. on. Um, it, it's weird. Like, the fact that they're still not coming out, I think he was obviously going to be judged by the fact of do the players perform in his absence? If they do, 
it was like when he was dropped for the North London derby. If the players go on and win, you're justified in your selection. And the players actually look like they've got better since they've been told that he's not for hanging sure. around. Like, for sure, it, it does, doesn't it? It's the, it's the bad look for him. It, it definitely looks like that. Like Lacazette isn't the guy of the future. Yeah. Okay, he was at Milan. Um, he never made an appearance for them. Interesting. I like a little niche uh, thing like that. Um, he was at them for three years. He got loaned out to Dijon, Lille, and Monaco, and St. Etienne. And then he started banging the goals at St. Etienne, which is when Dortmund then signed him. Nice. Um, I price, it's price one here. Maybe as I, I thought. Guess, I guess it's, they just go to five if you can't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah once you hit, so okay, can say seriously yeah. celebrating if not. Yeah, um, I say, but I, I think he's going to have to leave. But he's also in a in a very comfy situation. And Williams still claims that he left money on the table when he left Arsenal. And he didn't get any kind of payout. I don't believe that for one second. <laughs> I, know, I know his agent is for a start, and it's um, that uh, Kia Jurabchian. Yeah. <laughs> who's as much of a parasite as Raiola. Um So I, I, I struggled to believe that even with him saying, you know, some things are more important than money. Yeah, I agree. I just don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe you think that. No. No. Did you see his interview? He was like, uh, he did the um, Alexis at United where he was like, after three weeks, I told my agent, I can't go on here any yeah. longer. <laughs> he said, like, I was happy. I really bought into the project when I joined and then, you know, the messages started getting a bit much and I just wasn't happy there. What were you expecting? <laughs> it's, it's well, I guess, to a lesser extent because there are Arsenal fans that can say they wouldn't be gassed if like, we signed Harry Kane in the summer. At the end of the day, you're signing like one of the best goal scorers in the league. You're still going to be excited to see what they do in a Spurs shirt. It's probably, I guess, an equivalent would be if we signed Deli Alley on a free agent in the summer mm, and yeah. you can point to it and say, look, he's had some great years in, in, a, in a shirt. I can maybe see the idea here. We take him cheap and then what's the worst that can happen. But also Deli Ali in that situation is going to be under no illusions. If he doesn't hit form immediately, people aren't going to be too kind. It's to going to be on his back. And yeah. I don't really think uh, for uh, any players that I've hated or anything, I can honestly say I've never thought DMing them on Instagram is going to make me feel better or is going to make them play better. Like, I, I can't get my head around. And you're speaking to a man who's uh, had the MB for Carl Froch, so... Yeah. So it's like, I don't really see what logic that has there. And I do think a lot of it, they do say, is the fans who um, are from here, there, hmm. and everywhere. So they're their basis of following the club is far more online than it can yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. So they may feel, this is me doing my bit for the club. I'm going to, in the same way it helps when we're trying to sign a player and they always say that they receive thousands and thousands of messages from Arsenal fans. I can imagine Williams' DMs weren't very pleasant. I imagine they were a rough place to be. But I also, is it sounds very like, 50 year old manish to say and there's the title of the creative tweet isn't there that always gets brought up and it's like I can never be cyber bullied just turn your phone off mm-hmm. the William one seems a fairly easy if I don't like if I'm pretty sure what's not going to be here like his mum isn't DMing him on Instagram where he has to go in and check that she's going to text him if she needs him like, and it's not like it's um, probably going to be ambiguous you probably know 
these messages probably aren't yeah. going to be pleasant. It's not. It's not. Uh, um, you weren't going in and get being, being a surprise by it. No. Um, is it another one, by the way, that isn't going to accept that his wages are probably going to be reduced. No. He probably should. I mean, he can't really deny there's been a drop in the last eighteen months in his level, right? So, by the way, it's totally separate. Just a bit of a side note on the we spoke about Klopp and other managers moaning. If you want less games as well, there's a very simple way you should do it. Except that the broadcasters will give you less money, and we'll have less games. Yeah. But no club is going to agree to that. No. So is ultimately you, you you can't bite the hand that feeds. No, I I think with Abamyang is it's going to be either a, a loan moves um, with paying his wages or a portion of his wages until seems likely his deal expires or he'll get some kind of payout. And I mean the MLS just seems like as much of a kind of glove fit for him with the the flair of his game, um, the fact that he'll be a much better player there bit of a um, shame really I mean, I, he's not, it's not like he's over the hill and far away there isn't because even the, even this season uh, I mean, if you want to go all competitions he still scored what 7-8 goals there was a feeling till this this fallout that okay he wasn't back at his prime or his, his peak Arsenal levels but he's, he's better than last year That's where for I example. Was, he, was, yeah. he was better than last year um, and he was building so he, he Probably is a nice pickup. Someone like Juve probably do probably pick up a nice player there. I honest I, I, I think and this is probably going to sound horrific. Oh good. I actually think he is what PSG probably need more than oh, Messi Mbappe Neymar front line. And it and it is just someone who has no interest whatsoever in being involved in anything that goes before just poking the ball in the back Give of the net. Chance, yeah, yeah. Like if you, if 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 they if PSG were the ones that signed uh, Flahovic in the summer, like he would kill it with those two, two of those either side of him. Yeah, because if Mbappe goes, which we're expecting, and it's just Vlahovic, Messi, Neymar, he's going to kill it far more than if they were to sign. Don't know any of the flashy, tricky names that are linked. Um, yeah. I think there's so I think there's a lot more life in his career yet. The thing with him missing sitters isn't really that he's shot to bits because he missed those sitters anyway. Just getting highlighted more because right. of. But even even if you you could have a twenty minute compilation of his horror misses for Arsenal, like they aren't. They yeah, are yeah. rare. It yeah. just so happens that he was also scoring twenty a season while missing those. Yeah, he's sort of the the worst finishing best finisher you've well, seen. When we went out the Europa League to um, Olympiacos in Arteta's first season, yeah, he scored yeah, the yeah. Bicey and then missed the sitter like two minutes later, didn't yeah. he? So I think there's there's life in him. Yeah, I just I don't see how you come back from this. I I've been very quick to criticise Arteta and. I still, where people say, are you Arteta in now? I've, there's a lot more life in this season before I'm going to say, okay, no, he's the Messiah. I was all wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, with with him, when Arteta's saying, I'm not asking for much. I mean, he said, I'll, I'll ask for one thing, um, desire and commitment. It's not two things. But <laughs> the things he's asking for, if we are to take it at face value, are fairly minimal. It's not because he was literally asked, are, are you being 
a dictator? Is it that I couldn't believe that? Yeah. He basically the 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 way the question started was essentially, is it a case of you're a young manager and you need to stamp your authority on a squad like this? Yeah, I remember listening to even like the tone of how the question was asked. I was thinking, like, this is like you're talking about someone who isn't in the room. Yeah, and but you're asking him directly. It's pretty bold because he he said in there like, if we aren't asking for those things, then fine, I'll I'll. I'll go somewhere else. Like I'm, it seems a fairly minimal thing to ask for. Yeah, like, I don't. I there's only one question in my mind with Arteta is whether he's just not a good manager now and will be in his experience, or he's just not a good manager. That's there's only it's not like I don't rate him at this stage, no. and I may never. But this feels like something that's not even controversial. I mean, he has to take this line with Aubameyang, yeah. and it's I think it's the one area where I emphatically would agree with Arteta. So I, I don't. I don't quite know why there's some controversy around it. No, I've seen this with Arsenal fans and it's only the ones who are kind of Arteta out where they feel like because they've said they don't want him to be a manager that they can never agree with a decision that he makes ever again. Yeah. And for me, as soon as I heard the thing of it was a disciplinary issue, I was fair enough. I'd I'd even take a different stance if it's the first thing. If this was the first thing that had happened, I'd go, I think you're trying to lay down the law a bit too heavily here. I know you got to be strong with him, but you're going over the top. The fact that this is like one of many. Yeah, I, I thought. I think you said before. It's like it's with what you say about Guendouzi. It's not like we didn't know. Like he's a bastard. Like, <laughs> like every manager he's ever had. Like he was exiled from his under 17s team. <laughs> yeah, you know, and in France as well. I mean, yeah. they're used to dealing with people that are probably bastards. We've had a long line of very talented but like, awful if, blokes. If it was to happen, and I'm trying to think of an example, say it happened with Rob Holding, a guy who, not a world beater by any means. I, but also, he seems very level-headed. He looks... He is. I can't imagine there being a disciplinary thing with him without it being for good reason. If for some reason, just suddenly, Rob Holding had been banned from the team, there was no explanation. It was, you know, it's internal. I think there's something a bit amiss here. The players that he's had issues with... Have been players you would probably expect. Yeah. Yeah. And he, even someone like Xhaka... I can fully imagine that this guy does sell you the world when he isn't being suspended for doing something stupid. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Those clips when you saw him for Switzerland in um, the Euros, so I, I can fully see why this is a guy who you would think I want in my team. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it can come good. Actually, I'm going to ignore this error, this um, so all the evidence. But his his things, whether whether it's on the pitch, Aubameyang's things still feel more avoidable than the issues yeah, that he's had. That's exactly him. it. Exactly. So it's it's an it's a weird one. Um, Christian Pulisic is another one being linked with a move away from Chelsea. Mm. They paid, I think it was, and I may be inflating this again. I'm sure it was about fifty-seven million because um, they paid they paid his buyout essentially. Um, Euros, it'll be. But they under a transfer ban as well at the time. Yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah. Um, just How did they get by, poor just, guys? It just doesn't look like it's, it's working out for him. If he can't stay injury free. That's that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, that, it's a shame because the next Messi or Ronaldo, you would hope, would be being brought on as a right wing back against him, <laughs> um, giving the old Miller. bit to Moses treatment. Yeah, that's. 
yeah, twofold at Chelsea. Just when he was starting to look like the main man for them, got a string of injuries that he's never been able to get past. And now they're in a position where Tuchel's got a system that he is a far from perfect fit for. There was the run just before the cup final, wasn't there? Yeah. Like, yeah, he went into the cup final, like, he's the guy we need to keep out. He scores about five minutes in. We equalise, he goes down, and then, I I mean, you were with me celebrating when he goes off, which I don't know why people find that strange that you'd celebrate the best player at the opposing team going off in a cup final. But it was like, I feel a lot less threatened with him being off the pitch. And I I really thought it was a leg break, was it? No, I I really thought this season he was going to kill it, and then he starts the season injured. Running up to that cup final, it was a spell where I thought he was the best player in the league. He's, I thought he looked the most dangerous attacking player in the league. He scored that peach against um, Liverpool, didn't he? And I say this as someone who was sceptical about him coming into the league. I thought this is going to be another classic case of the Americans clinging to any sort of hope they can. So look at this guy. Looks good in Germany, but won't be as good here. I was watching him. And go, okay, he's technically far better than I thought. I thought he'd just be quick. He's really quick, direct. He'd go past people. Did have, I know this is almost blasphemous for Chelsea fans, but those hazard-like qualities at times and his ability to ghost past people. Not exactly the same type of player, but he had some similarities. And uh, that was pretty much the peak of his Chelsea's career, and really that run, which is bad. He looks like, so good. He, he plays like he's up for the fight. He, his body just doesn't agree body, with He's just like a shot fighter. He's like... The old he Sean O'Malley. Yeah. Just, you're just worried that the body's going to break down at some point. Yeah, strange. Um, I mean, I can't see him getting a move, mainly because Chelsea don't need to sell. They'll feel they've still got a player there in... Can I interest in you in three years' worth of loan moves, sir? Yeah. Um, Pogba um, can sign a contract with PSG in four days' time if that's what he wishes to do. can sign a contract with Real Madrid if that's what he wishes to do. Can you see him at Old Trafford next season? No. Because all the the news says that United have basically just... they've, They've done what Rio's asked. They've put the contract on the table and said it's there for you to sign if you want to. They haven't changed it. They haven't. They've just put it there and said, "Look, this is what we're offering." Raiolo's been pimping him out in the press as much as he possibly can. Mm. Does that feel like if I had you that 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 million pound drop or whatever it is, and the three options there, I had you PSG, Real Madrid, and United. Where would the bulkier money be going? Real Madrid. Yeah. Actually, you think so? Yeah, I think so. It's always felt potentially in the offing to me. Um, Obviously, more any worry the fact that they are extending Modric's deal. Obviously, Casemiro and Cruz still there. They've just got Camavinga in there. And also, yeah, I do think, for example, but has Zidane still been at the club? I think he was driving the ship a little bit more towards Pogba. Um, yeah, those would be those would be concerns. Um, From I, everything we're told, Real Madrid are going big this yeah, summer, isn't it? I I can see a situation where they get Pogba and Mbappe and Haaland, and uh, Yo must have forgot. Sort yeah. of a sort of campaign on us, which uh, which will be great fun. That'll be good. That's what we need. I mean, keep them away from us, and then I'll win on the Champions League. Maybe I'll <laughs> maybe next year if we're in there, then I'll be a bit more worried. But yeah, when they're terrorising you next year in the next Champions week League, we could be in that group. <laughs> yeah, you uh, just think it's, about it. It is a, a map one though, and the fact that they apparently, I mean, they needed the Super League to keep afloat, but they also have the resources in the world to do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, but they obviously didn't spend any money in the last wonder if I'm not mistaken, in summer they I think. They brought Camavinia. They did, yeah. That's not, not insignificant, is it? But um for example, I like you know, this would be another Yeah, the new stadium as well, aren't they? Another ridiculous purchase in in my 
in my in terms of the, the wages they're always going to pay him, I'd say you talk about coming. You've got the experienced midfielders; they've already got your name there. Coming, I I really like Valverde for them as well. He's not yeah, glamorous yeah. player, but he's the perfect. He's the guy supposedly Real Madrid player. have like a do not touch, not for sale, like yeah. above anyone else. Yeah, if I could have sort of cast net across Europe for a Wijnaldum replacement, he would have been yeah. the exact type of a player that I'd have been looking at. The um, but obviously Pogba's obviously a little more eye catching or whatever. But there's a the PSG. Um, I mean, I said before that United need putting out their misery with that anyway, because they were just going to keep going with this. I, I keep offering this, keep paying them the money, keep trying to make this work, and not accepting that it won't work in the out of sheer fear that he goes and balls somewhere else. Well, I have, a, I have a feeling they he, he signs the contract to United. Yeah, well, yeah. until now, I thought he would because I felt he was just leveraging them. Because every time he hit some form, he would leverage them and come out with something. But then the fact, the fact he that he hasn't it. until this point, we're nearly in January, tells me I, I think he is going to make the move this time. I think. Um, with the others, like Wijnaldum's a guy who's constantly being linked in. Pogba and Verratti's not a bad midfield, by the way, if you if you did go PSG. I was going to say, I, th- I think the, potentially yeah. the PSG move might make more sense. Yeah. Um, being linked with a loan move back to the league, I mean, I don't know what he's done to be linked with a move back to Newcastle. Um, <laughs> Stock can fall quite quickly, can't it? I thought when he's being linked with us, and I think there's something interesting in the fact that we supposedly seem happy to let Ainsley Maitland-Niles go this January, by the way. So he's in talks at the moment, advanced talks supposedly to go to Roma um, on loan with... Uh, <laughs> like him and Joe. Yeah. Joe's is just I, destined to clash. I've, I actually think with with him, I do think with the right manager... I, I he, quite like he, him as a player. He was like it with Wenger where he's like, right or die. Like He he said, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Um I, could I think see that could be Joe, a great fit. I could just see Jose having one bad day, seeing like make the nods looking a bit sort of laid back, if you like, in some of his demeanour, and just taking out on him for no good reason. What? There's very that character for Jose, I know, but I feel all, like he might. All the all the rumours around Maitland Niles is that he just smokes weed just heavily. Like that's like <laughs> that all the comments. A... All the comments under like anything he posts is just like it, me and Troy always used to speak about it, and that's just why he's just so laid back. So keep I, him in the England squad for penalties. Just keep yeah, him in I, for those penalties. I I think with him at Roma, there was the article that I always reference. So I won't go through the whole thing again, but where supposedly he was calling team meetings at West Brom, like we aren't going out like yes. this. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I thought I didn't think he had that in him, and I think it alone with a ten million option, foolish not to, um, just mm. for his legs, if 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 nothing else. Um, oh, I think it makes all the sense in the world for them. Yeah, and definitely. his versatility, obviously. And I'd much rather he go there than Everton. So. Um, I don't know why Everton would ever buy from us again after having um, Walcott and Duwobi. It just makes no sense. <clears throat> but with with Wijnaldum, I wouldn't be shocked to see us go there on loan. Great business. I think, I, like I said, the fact that I find it hard to believe and Arteta, if nothing else, does seem fairly smart in terms of what Arsenal need, whether he puts it into practice, mm. it seems strange to let Maitland-Niles go in January when you've got Party and El Nenny going to Afcon and leaving Xhaka and Laconga as your only centre midfielders. You would hope there's a plan. Um, I think the short-term Wilshire move, whether people think that's still a thing or not, I'd love the fairy tale as much as the next guy. I'm not sure he's coming in in January, balling out 
even just from a fitness perspective. No, that's the concern, isn't um, it? Whether, you need someone who's going to get minutes. Yeah, whether you give Patino some minutes from what we hear, fair enough. I don't think you want to be relying on him. No, the one Alden one, again. if you're paying his wages for six months and then you have a decision to make in the summer, fair enough. Because I do think the buying of youth only goes so far. You do need a little something around it. Well, it'd be a great signing for you. Yeah, for I, pretty I, much anyone in the league, to be honest. Yeah, I think he can do better than Newcastle is essentially the mm. point I'm making. I yeah, think. yeah. Um, whether Spurs have a little look, um, I, I mean, we think they're going to go Serie A-wise after, um, just because they've got Paratici there. Whether Ram, whether we, whether Ramsey comes back, I, I still think the next person that gets Weston McKenney is going to be mm. loving life because they're going to get him cheap from Juve. And he's a baller and he's young. So they're going to do well there. I've, I think if Maitland-Niles goes, one of these guys, like the the Ramsey, one Aldum, even my guy Artur at Juve, supposedly they're looking to get rid of. But the one Aldum one, as soon as I saw the rumour, I thought, I, I don't think that's just rubbish. I think there's it makes all the sense in the world. Experienced yeah. guy, a guy who can play the kind of Arteta style of essentially we're all Bobby and you're going to get running. We're not asking you to press heavily. It's like positionally based and just having some experience in there. And I think he'd be great for Lukonga because that's probably the best comparison I would have in terms of his game. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, it'd, it'd be great son. Um Do you think he moves or do you think is he the kind of guy if I gave you the, the two perspectives, is he the guy that feels he has to prove that he can cut it at PSG? Or is he the guy that thinks, I'm not playing football, I know when I'm not wanted, I'll go and prove myself somewhere else? I think only because of the nature of that dressing room, I think he might think I'm getting out of here. I think he would, I think, potentially have gone, well, look, I'm only halfway through the year and the first year of this deal. Why am I just going to leave? I, th- I think he'd stick out and have the challenge. Um because that, that dressing room is so mental. I don't envy I any manager no, doing that. No, it's impossible. I, I, I probably didn't fully realise until I read that article not so, the other day that basically said about the different the South American camps and things like that and basically just how much of a nightmare is to manage Messi, Mbappe and Neymar yeah. alone. And then obviously the keeper situation they've got, Ramos getting thrown into the forward. There's so much just chaos there. Raiola seems to be camped out there as well. Yeah, the, when Alden doesn't seem the character that's going to want that. But also, I don't want to blow my own club's trumpet too much, but he's left somewhere that is pretty much the archetypal mould of how a club should be run at the minute at Liverpool in terms of everyone seems to get along, but has a drive to get a, yeah. try and win. You don't think and he's left that to go to somewhere that's kind of the Harlem Globetrotters, but everything that would have been the downside of the Harlem Globetrotters in yeah. reality. I know he got offered more money. Probably would have been a great fit for Barca. Someone for like Pedri to learn from and someone like that. Yes and no. I think he would have ended up, I think I said at the time when he was only being linked with them, that he'll end up being the scapegoat. Because yeah, De Jong's getting that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Barcelona fans uh, slagged Rakitic for not being technically good enough. So at times, when Ronaldo has a bad game, it could yeah. take him five touches to control the ball. So they would have been all over him. Yeah. Just, I mean, I'm generally coming from our but I do think we'd be such a great fit for him in we need the leaders in there. They the the leaders do seem to get the respect from the I think management. Fry, I think he'd thrive on that as well. Yeah. And we've got because um, he speaks French as well, doesn't he? I don't know. I, I feel like he's more, 
even if he doesn't, to be fair, if he speaks um, German, then we've got a little contingent there with Leno. He speaks English as well, doesn't he? So, yeah, he's fine. Um, yeah, I think he... Uh, I'm very interested to see where he goes next. He's, I mean, he's a guy, it's hard to dislike him, in this. So you're always going to want to see him yeah. do well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, one that I feel we do every single transfer window. <laughs> do you think... Cause I'm saying this because I saw Coutinho getting linked with us again. And like, we've had some stupid managers... I think of all the stupid managers we've had, Arteta's the one who's going to, why the hell would I want him in my team? Yeah, I can't see him doing that somewhere. Would any club take Hazard and Coutinho at this point? I mean, Hazard definitely no. Uh, that thing where West Ham were being linked, and it's like, you're getting ideas above your station. Yeah, <laughs> well, that is it. Some club will, if they think they can finance it, will take a punt because, like, well, look, even if he is diminished, he's a bit above us. His problem is the injuries are enough now that you must be going I'm signing a crop I mean for a cut price you'll do it but he's Madrid aren't going to want to be seen to be losing huge amounts of money that they've spent on him and he again we spoke about players not wanting to drop wage I imagine he's not going to want to drop significantly do you think some clubs in the league were put off by the fact that Bale didn't hit the ground running when he came back to Spurs yeah but that can work twofold because I think there's a feeling that Bale probably could have had more opportunities and it could have worked out because he showed flashes the last of what couple he could of games, do. wasn't it? Yeah. And I think uh, I probably do fall in the camp that and a different manager or if Jose had just been slightly more adventurous and played him a bit more from the jump, I think he probably could have got quite a bit out of it. Not think- not prime Gareth Bale, but somewhere between what people think Gareth Bale is now and what he was at his peak, you would have got. Do and think- I think that's the same with uh, Coutinho. By We've the way, I don't think he's like flashes shot. from Coutinho. Though. Like when he came on against um, Barca, which is still mad, by the way. <laughs> yeah, what a what a story that is. But I, I don't think either of those think low enough of themselves where there's going to be the lazy links to Newcastle. I don't think either's going there. No, not certainly um, not at this stage. I, I still think like. I feel like I'm shitting on them when I say it. When we're right around the same area as them, although they're in a bit of a crisis at the moment, does Coutinho think he's too big to go to West Ham or change West Ham, Leicester, like that? Yeah, I know what you mean. The kind of high level without the name. I think he potentially might, but it depends how desperate he is to play, doesn't it? Because Spurs don't need wingers. That's one thing. Spurs are fine for wingers. We aren't going to do that. Really, I mean, truly, the only way you're going to see the best of Coutinho is whether you have a manager who's smart enough to be able to manipulate a system to get him in where he can kind of be inside. Was he with Brendan? Sorry? Was he with Brendan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, again, I've said before, for all people sort of dig out Brendan, he managed to manipulate a system where you could get Suarez, Sturridge, Sterling and Coutinho in at the same time. It's not bad work. uh, I wouldn't begrudge seeing him do well for Leicester either. Like, if he goes... I'd like to see him do well. I think he's quite sad what's happened to his career, actually, like, in a way. If I, I, some players, it's horrible when they go to a certain club and you're like, well, now I just can't cheer for you to do well because it <laughs> means Chelsea or United or Spurs are doing well. Him balling, whether it is at one of the Milan clubs, which would be cool to see, That'd whether it's cool. at Leicester, whether it's at someone like that. I mean, I don't, I don't want to see him at somewhere like Everton, but seeing him somewhere like... <laughs> you don't want to do that to the poor, lad. No. I'd like to see... He's a fun He's a fun player to watch as well. Well, I, I said as, as, as much as... And I said this when he was being linked with Spurs as well. As much as we can all say, horrible move, if he came to us, I'd be just as excited to see him play. Yeah, exactly. I think I think potentially 
he might think he's above some of these, but actually being the main guy somewhere where he would be worshipped might be something perfect for him. I do think you're going to need a manager who's smart, knows how can fit him in, or you play a system that needs a number 10. I think he's really a number 10, but has never really... If you look at it, Barca, they tried forcing him well, into Milan, a false role that wasn't his. Milan lost um, Hakan uh, Chahonoglu, didn't they? And yeah. So I know they're balling at the moment, but... I think he could help uh, lead the resurgence of Milan, for sure. Yeah, I just want to see them do well again at AC. I think, just yeah, like I think that. there's a, a romantic sort of feeling about that club. And I think he's that sort of player as well. So I'd like to say, see him get that sort of move. Because I also think one of the interesting things with him that, and it must be because of the money attached to him, that's no one's taking a chance on him. He doesn't seem to buy a character. No. It's not like, say, you'd go, well, Hamas Rodriguez, we know how good so he is, he's- but you can't have him in your club because he just isn't, isn't bothered. I feel like Coutinho wants to play and I feel like he's... A, Kia he's got is a, his agent as well, isn't he? He might be, I think so. He has yeah. a lot of the Brazilian clients. Yeah, I think he may be. But I, I some, think he would... Some clubs get put off just by the fact of dealing with them. Like For sure. There was a period where no matter who you were, like Wenger just would not deal with any of yeah. those super agents. And the other thing we could see is as time ticks on, the longer you don't play consistently, the more people go... Well, I'm not going to take the chance on him. Yeah. I'm not going to be the one that does it. With some of these, as much as they can sell you the dream, I think someone like him should be looking at his agent and being like, why can't you find me yeah, a club? Oh, like, absolutely, absolutely. Same with Martial, for example. Yeah. I know they'll say about the money, but he's going, well, you should be finding someone who wants me and we'll figure out the money another yeah, time. Not, not to go full entourage, but I feel like if you gave us the contact book, which is half of being an agent, I know, <laughs> we should be able to find some of these guys teams like yeah if you just need us and we'll just pump them up for a couple of minutes and be like if you've seen this guy play we'll give him like a youtube compilation and be like if you've seen this guy it, it should be and let's face it we've seen clubs buy it for deals that should never have done so it's not like clubs can't be duped i'm amazed chelsea haven't bitten us so i'm amazed chelsea didn't take hazard back I thought at one point, yeah, this is going to happen. Because I, I had the compilations in my head and the, the sort of the welcome back to the shadows thing that would have been on Twitter that would have been the just is, awful. Coming home like bangs when you put out any of yeah. those compilations as well. It's like, I'm, I'm all in here. The, the Coutinho one though, yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a shame that we've not been able to see him play football because even, I'd say for a period around that time, probably the slight drop off after your title challenge is um, we were in a similar place you went one way we went the other and I was still enjoying seeing Coutinho play football yeah. just because like someone like I don't know the these days I don't enjoy seeing Ronaldo play football I think the fact he still scores goals is phenomenal at his age but he's rarely <gasps> oh so Maxman has to score yeah. that that's he, the game he's rarely doing things touch wood that I'm like that gets me out of my seat someone like Coutinho where no matter who he's playing for is still getting me out of my seat watching yeah. him play football and it, it, I don't want to sound um, too I don't know if this sounds nostalgic or what but we don't have many players that are just fun to watch where you don't go no. right show me your stats or whatever you go I just want to watch this guy and well, once upon a time, you might look back on his play and think, well, is he that good? But you think just watch him yeah, and that's enough to see. Bellingham have a little rant about that yeah. recently, which was yeah. good. Well, I guess... I mean, I follow that Stop It To Rat account on Twitter. I don't know if you see it, but it's just daily just highlights of him just doing crazy things. <laughs> Obviously not scoring a lot of time, whatever, but just doing mad tricks in the middle of a game. The players just ne- never do. And you think, well, this guy, he never really came to it. 
but he's great fun to watch the whole time. I've been very disrespectful to continue there, but the closest we get is probably someone like Sir Maximin, where yeah, it's like you can't have the best of both worlds here. Um, Deli Ali, um, by his <laughs> standards, looked sharp against Liverpool. Got dropped for the next game. Didn't get on the pitch. I don't believe Before against. Um, didn't know if there was any fitness Palace. related issue there or something. Well, I didn't know if you feel he there's a resurgence possible there. I know the rumours came out that week that Spurs had essentially accepted if we want any money for him, we need to at least let him go on a loan in January so he can prove his stock elsewhere. Um, can you see a possible Lingard-style resurgence there? Like, so yeah. At Spurs or... Um, where, so yeah, somewhere else. Because um, so. I feel like they're going to be now be on the basis of one half-okay performance in Liverpool, they're going to be scared to get rid of him, I think. I, I think they're going to think, well, we don't want him doing this to someone else. We'll give him a go for us. I think they'll look abroad will be part of my thinking. And mm. also, um, for all we can say about them, I don't think Spurs would be stupid enough to turn down a 20 million offer at the end of a good six-month spell from Deli Alley. It, it still baffles me that United turned down that kind of money for Lingard. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, now, that I definitely can't explain. At least, Ali's got a bit more time on his side than, than Lingard, at least, as well. The the thing I liked about the performance, which I do think, as I'm, I guess I guess I kind of just alluded to, I think it's been a bit overblown in that he misses the best chance. Yeah. I know it's a save, but he shouldn't be able to. And I know you touched on at the time that Neville basically blamed him for a bad Kane miss. But he does under hit the pass as well. I mean, he should be able to make the pass. Kane should still also he, be able to It's just score. one of them, though, where it was like... Um, and I'm not saying this. all people put him in the same bracket, but there was some where you, you could under hit a pass to um, Thierry and you're blaming Thierry for the miss because you know what he's capable of doing. And Kane, yeah. when you've got a goal-scoring record, he has. You no, expect he, to him to be able to make the best of... Of a bad pass, yeah. yeah. But he was, but the, the points, for, for just from looking at it from the perspective of Delhi. In the key moments, he didn't quite it, but that could be sharpness and fitness, or whatever. That's, uh, I've, what we've just said, he was a fun guy to watch play yeah, football yeah. for about a yeah, season. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. A, when he wasn't trying to be a evolved, fake hard man on yeah. the pitch, he was actually great in terms of his feet, trickery, goes past, was really good, fun to watch. The um, the best thing I thought about his performance, I thought obviously that bang up for it, but I thought the whole Spurs team did. And I thought he kind of set the tone in a way, actually. I thought people were looking at him and thinking, oh, Christ, Dell is up for it. We're going... And there, there was a different intensity to uh, to Spurs, which I don't think... I've, obviously, he's going to partly come for Conte, but I think Ali helped set the tone in that one, which is good. I would be cautious, though, about a resurgence at Spurs. Only in no, that... I think alone has to, has to be alone. In that he did... People forget because of how it went. The start of the Jose one, he does a similar thing. The first game under Nuno this year, they obviously they beat City. I believe he played in that one and played well. So he starts, he starts well for the new gaffer and kind of falls into our ways. Now, whether because he knows he's in the last chance saloon at Spurs, he will, because I'm sure there's nothing like being linked with some of the clubs he's been linked yeah. with to motivate you. Maybe that will push him on. But I would, yeah, I would be very cautious before declaring uh, Deli Ali's back. Do you, think he, do you think he's a bad egg? I don't think he's a guy I look at going into a dressing room I'm really being like a rotten member of it. I I think from 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 what I saw, and I don't think the way he did it was the best in that Spurs documentary was. I thought he just had um, higher demands than a lot of the players in there. Like the one where there's the one that obviously got the uh, kind of plaudits, and the one that Roy was speaking about recently, where 
he was kind of mocking it was where he's saying it's just not good enough and Eric Dyer's saying put a name on it and it's like he was never going to say you you haven't done this and he's always everyone it's everyone and it's I think in another dressing room he's probably if he does that in the Liverpool dressing room he's probably praised for it Fabian Delph got praised for doing it in the City dressing room (laughs) yeah you are right I don't think um, yeah I, I didn't think that was that but I thought my kind of feeling with him is that he's like probably like what most people would be should you get the level of success he's had i.e. the huge amount of money and the accolades you get early on he hasn't obviously won anything if you get the, the accolades you've got I think you would get comfortable and get complacent and I think that's what happens with him if you watch him during that Spurs doc, I think he was turning up frustrating he was turning up to should we, on training I think you'd just get it become a job if you do something enough it becomes a job and I think he kind of forgot what got him there. But I think that would happen to 90% of people. I think that drive to keep pushing on once you've already got to a stage where you're very comfortable, I think it's pretty unique. It's, yes. it's unique that you've got to that stage and it's even more unique that you keep pushing on. Kind of like Kane did. I said, I think we both touched on his actually compared to the rest of the Spurs squad in that documentary. I thought it was clear. Yeah, the reason and those I are unique characters was um, you don't think any club should be put off making a move for him because of his personality. No, but I think some will be, which is unfair on him, slightly. But I, I also, you know, I don't think he's no angel either. Because I think he's somewhere in between. I think you need a bit of managing, but I don't think that's... I think Brendan could do a job with him. It would probably go a little bit like it has with some other players with Brendan, where for as, it's good what it's good. And the first time it went belly up, that's probably it. Because... Like, I think, I think Brendan Madison, whether they'll admit it or not, probably have a problem. Well, that at some point, that'll be resolved. There was the link to us, was because I, I think that eventually will be resolved with one of them leaving, maybe both. Well, I guess, and what happens at the moment is, um, for as mixed as the results have been for Leicester, Madison has started balling, and it, it frustrates the hell out of me every time Erdegaard does anything good because people, these Arsenal fans, tweet. Um, I heard people mention names like Madison in the summer, and it's like they're, they're both very good players, just. Mm. I would probably take what Erdegaard gives me for the full season over what Madison gives me for the full season um, in terms of Madison isn't going to be scoring 30-yard world is for the whole season, whereas I can rely on Erdegaard's creativity even if his goal outputs drop off. I think we said in the summer as well, didn't we? The, yeah. The, the money, price point yeah. differences are not what they so, appear to be. Yeah. There's probably similar sort of players and about £30 million worth of difference, wasn't there? I just so. meant, so he's probably not that different of a character to have to manage than Delhi would be. It's whether Brendan I said, at a time it, when he's probably on the brink with Leicester, isn't he? It's like, do you do you want to be dealing with No, and I also think I'm not sure you could play him and Madison alongside. No, either, I was thinking more like the amount of games that Leicester have this season. Actually they're they're in the conference league now. Mm. But I mean it's not unheard of to put Madison on the left whether that's where you want him or not. No. No, it's true. Uh, I think Ali would be okay, but would be managing as an individual. I don't think he's someone that would come in the dressing room and sort of infect it, if you like, and be in other yeah. people's ears like you think with some players. Yeah. But I think on his own, he would obviously need some managing because yeah. he, he clearly needs pushing a little bit, but also maybe an arm around the shoulder as well. It's, it's a, you'd have to get the balance right. Yeah, a couple more questions just then before we um, finish. Um, which clubs in the Premier League would take Phil Jones? Because he's a man whose stock is is as low as I can remember anyone's stock ever being. Yeah, yeah. My main question is, say you are 
Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley. Should you be turning your nose up at Phil Jones? No. No, you shouldn't. Because... Because, I mean, those are horrific. I mean, Burnley, maybe not so much. Norwich and Newcastle have players that... At least with Phil Jones, you thought he might be something. These are players you never... Will never be. They're championship defenders, most of them. I can't think who the commentator was yesterday. He was Scottish, which always helps with the tone. (laughs) Um, He was going in on Kabak, on commentary. I tried warning him. Well, he, he said in there... I keep hearing people talk about Kabak and they tell me about um, the the occasionally has lapses in his concentration um, oh, and he'll make moves sometimes um, that are just kind of brain dead on the pitch. And he says, I don't understand why people are talking like this is like a one-off. Yeah, He yeah, says yeah. every single game... He does this and he says it's one thing doing it for Liverpool, charging out from the back, getting tackled, and you've got Van Dyke next to you, or you've got whoever it was at the time, Joel Matthews. <laughs> <Matt. He laughs> we, didn't, we didn't have any of them at the time. He says Norwich are fighting for their lives, and this guy's running it 30 yards with the ball. Yeah. It's like it without the ability to battle yeah, up, by the way. Like, it makes like no he's... sense. I don't understand like how he's doing this. And that's what I was thinking. Phil Jones, the injuries, if you can put that to one side, which I know you can't, but you're probably getting him on a free or you're getting him on a loan deal. This guy has shown that he'll put his body on the line to like quite hilarious uh, results, <laughs> but I know he gets quite offended by that. And um, his ball playing ability isn't the best, but it's. I don't think there's too much of a difference if you were to get, um, if we were doing the FIFA stats or whatever, and you were to draw up like him and Lascelles, or you were to, to draw up him and like uh, a Norwich centre-back or something like that. I Listen, like, given the running games, I think he's comfortably better than them. I just, it's just getting that running games, I know. And, and getting Sean Deutsch. I think he'd be sound there, yeah. I, I think he's he's obviously not fulfilled his potential. And people are going to pretend that's because of injuries, but Look, he he just Fergie, wasn't going to become the players they no, thought. Fergie said he had the potential to be Man United's greatest ever player. Yeah, and, and that was just... What the hell can you do with brutal, that? Brutal, yeah, brutal. It's kind of a Brendan giving a Joe Allen the Welsh Shavi type. You're fucked, won't you? Um, uh, but I thought he could. he's probably a good Premier League centre-half if he can get it all together. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem for... The clubs that are going to be interested in, they need, in the centre-half, they need someone who's reliable in terms of going to play... And for all Phil Jones's qualities, he essentially had a rick in him. And some of them, like Burnley, have players who dependable, solid, don't really have a rick in them, but aren't going to do anything spectacular either. Well, no, but it's like, um, and I'll just use the kind of FIFA one again, just if you were to line them up, like ratings-wise. Like, and I, this might this might be harsh. A year ago, we wouldn't be talking about Shane Duffy in the way that we talk about Shane Duffy this season. You wouldn't look at Brighton's team and say, you know, they're missing Shane Duffy this weekend. Uh, it might be a struggle for them. No, his resurgence has been like, remarkable. So, but then, yeah, prior to that, more teams, more teams, some, more teams play a back three now, which means there's can get away more, with more protection for Phil Jones if he does have these mistakes. I think he's got a career left in him. Like people were talking about him having to drop down to like League One to get games in his life. I'm sure the guy just wants to play football, but no. I, from everything you hear about him, he's as good of a pro as you could possibly be. And I know I feel a bit cringe saying that because uh, it's about Milner. It's like you know what, he's perfect pro it's, turns up for training. And I think even he probably body, must right. be sick of being told that basically you did your job. Yeah, 
the uh, the thing with Jones is is genuinely only the fitness issue that concerns me because as a player, I think he's a good Premier League centre half. I think he is probably around the mid table. It's not like you know we're talking like he has to go to the lowest of the low teams in the Prem. I think you get a good mid table if you've got a running games. If I was a manager, I'd say I want you to give me ten games. If I give you ten games in a row, I've got a player. He's basically his career fell apart on the basis of the injuries and never nailing a position. He got punished a bit for his own versatility, dropping to right back or in mid midfield, yeah. holding midfield, which is pretty horrific looking back thinking about it. But was never able to, able to basically nail the position down and got punished for it accordingly. You wouldn't you wouldn't have said a couple of years back that Chris Smalling would be starting week in, week out in, well, in, the, in the series. I was about to say that the comp for the longest time was him and Smalling, wasn't it? it was like, who's better out of these two guys that should never have been at Man United but are quite good? Uh, and obviously their careers have gone two very different paths. But that doesn't mean Phil Jones is a million miles no. off Chris Smalling now. Chris Smalling has the benefit of being faster. He's probably it helps a lot as a centre back. Yeah, and, you can get out of certain. Tr- and he's been able to get a run of games. That's it. Him. That's it. And he had some injury issues at similar times, but but not as many. Yeah. Um, the last two questions I had then. So, um, Inketia gets a lovely hat trick against Sunderland. Had more messages than I can count saying, "Why do Arsenal want to get rid of this guy?" But I was going to ask you actually: Has your chance, has your stats changed him at all? Only in that I've seen a big shift, particularly online and in debate shows and stuff. I, I just happened to watch Sterling and the boys yesterday actually, and they were saying, "Well, look, give him a new contract. You haven't got that many options. He's a finisher. What's the what's the risk?" Well, I think he wants different things than what we want from him. Um, I've I've called off in. He wants to play, and you don't want to play. Well, let's like so. <laughs> The, one of the main drawbacks for him was people said, how is Balogun going to get minutes if Eddie is still there? Now, I think from what we've seen from Balogun, albeit in limited minutes for Arsenal, is this is a guy that needs some exposure to first-team football before he just comes straight into Arsenal. Yep. He looks a bit like... Um, he just doesn't look like a free player when he's playing for for the first team. He looks like a guy. If he's not in the Europa League, he had chances where he was basically loitering around the area, kind of like Eddie style, and he was putting it in the back of the net. I think he scored two in the Europa League, maybe. And he can do that. Anytime when he's had... He's a very like expressive player when he plays for the youth side. Well, I was about to say, when you look at his clips for the youth teams, they're great, but also you think you're never going to have the opportunity to yeah. do this in the senior so team. I thought it was, I thought it was um, weird, and I'm not dogging him out here um, Jack messaged me the other week just randomly saying um, is that Balogun English because um, he like he looks like a like a mad player whatever mm, yeah yeah and I said yeah he is but he's, he's just said that awkward thing where he's too good for the under 23s and he's not good enough for the Arsenal first team yet I don't know what well, I think they would have loaned him out if we didn't have the Covid issue at the start of the season yeah. Um, so he's going to go on loan in January and I think they're looking at a championship club and we'll see there. I think Germany would also be a great move. Um, so with with Eddie, I'm more than happy with that being like our third guy. A guy who you can bring on for the last 10 minutes. He's energetic. He knows where the goal is. Still has some horror misses himself, by the way. Let's look at that Everton game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he takes up a homegrown space, which is always good. His wages won't be gigantic, I wouldn't imagine. So, but ultimately, at his stage of his career, he's not going to want that, is he? No, I think 
and I did this with um, Brighton on Football Manager at the moment, as I've mentioned. First guy I signed was Enketia because I just see that as such a perfect fit. Um, yeah, that does feel a good fit. Mope, his stocks have gone up this season, but the main criticism they've had is they don't have a guy to quite simply just put the ball in the back of the net. That. Yeah, and I also think, do I want to say this? I was going to say I think if you put him in West Ham's side, I think he could outscore Antonio in a season. Mm. And it probably would be close, to be honest. Yeah. And so what? I think Antonio's a far better all-round player, but yeah, not, not a natural goal scorer. I don't think I'm, no. I don't the, think I'm the, being harsh. Though. The main point I have with Enketia is basically the you you pay a premium in this league just for someone that can put the ball in the back of the net. And true, it's a bit cliche, but he does know where the goal is. And I think because of his size, his instincts growing up have just been that he has to just basically don't worry about anything else other than putting it in the back of the net, which you don't get very often these days. But a club that's like a, probably like a 10th to 15th place team is probably where I would put him at. Um, I don't think he's going to lead the line for Everton. I think they have two higher hopes for where they should be, whether they should be having that or not. Um, His problem is why these clubs can't risk an unknown quantity being their main man up front a lot of the time. Because if you hit a run where he doesn't hit the ground running... Yeah, well, we don't I, have any goals on our team. I think that the start of the season would would have been perfect. Yeah, I, also I agree. Th- That's that feels like a good fit. Um, the the Burnley one, I think they've got two guys who can do what he does, and they're bigger, which wouldn't go in in his favour. But I, I think, I mean, West Ham have been linked with him so many times that there must mm-hmm. be something there. The thing was, Brighton offered ten million pounds for him, and he's got a year left on his deal. And we, for some, that seems reason, odd. We turned it down. I don't know. It if- feels like you are playing him to get him to sign a contract, and then you're going to just bench him again. I'll be honest, well, which I've definitely done. Football manager for sure. Arteta's been pretty consistent since he came in, in that he really likes the player. There was a phase, if you can recall, um, when we had Abamyang on the left wing, and it was essentially he was playing Enketia down the middle. Yeah, because I was thinking, why are you playing him? Yeah, but he essentially because his pressing from the front is very good. And he can put the ball in the back of the net. Um, so I do think Arteta does genuinely like him. My issue is, and I hope they're not stupid enough for this, I don't want it to be we signed in Ketia and we go into next season like he's the next goal scorer for Arsenal because he hasn't shown that at this level. No, I've. Uh, that is my kind of concern with... I've seen quite a... pretty much a sea change in the opinion on him quite quickly on the basis of a game where he, the finishers were nice, by the way. They were, they were sharp. But we knew that about him going in. Everyone says about him that he's a finisher, but he doesn't do much else. I do think in the modern games it is, you've got to have a little bit more to see a game, which I don't think he does at this stage and maybe might never. And certainly for a club like Arsenal, if they're going to get to where they want to get to, yeah. I don't know that he's ever he's, going to be that guy. He, he scored that goal against Leeds um, in the Carabao Cup earlier in, in the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two records you probably don't want as a striker because it shows where you're going to be. Um, you don't want to be the highest scoring England under twenty ones player because <laughs> it shows that they don't trust you to step up. Yeah, and you also probably don't want to be the highest scoring Arsenal player ever in the Carabao Cup because it shows that you're being played as a youngster still, when that's not where you want to be. <laughs> I think I said that during the Liverpool game in the Carabao when um, Origi and Minamino scored. So, these two just seem to have a love affair with the Carabao Cup. No, it's just the only games they start, mate. Yeah. <laughs> 
And that's on. what happened with him. They kept saying with the Sunderland game, this is a guy who loves the Carabao Cup. Yes. <laughs> no, it's just his only starts. I don't even think he's being disrespectful with the, the Brighton one. And it's because quite literally from what the stats showed us. That I whole mean, thing is... The, I mean, I don't think we even heard about XG until it was being said about Brighton, basically. They made it a bigger thing, yeah. They did. And they literally just needed someone to poke the ball home. And so... And then, the, you know, Potter's coach and stuff, I think he would I essentially a just player as well. I think he is a Premier League standard player. I I, I do think that. I, I, I think... I actually think he'd have a better time in the Premier League than the Championship because it's a lot more I can physical. see the argument. Yeah. I, yeah, I just... You don't want to write off a young player either. I just don't think he'll ever be the quality of player that Arsenal need. I don't know if he'll ever be a European football no. standard player. I think if he has a career in the bottom half of the Premier League, helping a team plug away with 10 to 15 goals a year, I think he'll have done very, well, he very made well his for name. himself. He made his name in the Carabao Cup. He came on against like Norwich or someone like that when they were in the Championship. And he, he came on in like the 80th minute. He scored in the 81st minute. It went to extra time. Then he scored the winner in extra time. Mm. Um, so yeah, he'll get goals, but he won't get you enough goals to be up near the top of the league. No, there's just been enough sort of chat about him in the last week where I was starting to think, am I just totally missing it no. with him? You, or is you, it just changing on the basis of that one you game? You watch that Sunderland game and you do think like, okay, but it's like, we want different things for you. I've um, also, I have also done this myself where you think a player isn't good enough they play against a team that is a league or two below you and looks good you go oh actually is good and then you think well I just said I thought he was probably a, a lower league player so why am I suddenly yeah. sold on him it's, you've got to remind yourself a little bit yeah I think that Sunderland game he, he was just taking a piss like it wasn't even like, <laughs> nice to see <laughs> but that I mean he had odds of um, like two to one just to score in that game, which was insane. I, I, I nearly got on the uh, the there was a decent bet of him, Pepe, and Balogun all to score for like decent was, odds, but uh, obviously Balogun would have let the side down there, wouldn't he? Oh fucking hell! That is a disgusting goal, a very Man United goal. Yeah. I was torn between him and Pepe, and went for him, and I also put that at Bailey Wright for Sunderland to get booked. So ten to one that was mm, for the two nice. of them. Um, the only other thing I had to ask, we can talk about the darts another day, was um, Ferran Torres going to Barca, £60 million total with the the add-ons. Um, is that, a, if you're a Barca fan, is that a good sign? Or is is that in terms of the profile of player they're going for? Or is it, why the hell are we spending £60 million on this guy? This seems just mad. They've uh, taken a loan out to pay for it, by the way. Of course they have, yeah. It's... Oh. Yeah, you're probably thinking, what the hell is happening with this club? Uh, for example, and I think I like Torres, and I think there's a, a lot of upside to him, so I can I can understand it. But is he significantly better than Memphis Depay? Probably not at this stage. Like I said, I think there's more upside to him. He's Spanish. <laughs> yeah. basically it. I, I assume what they're doing is going with young players, players. that are young, Spanish can develop if you look at in the same time they're they're being linked with offering upwards of 200 grand a week to Azpilicueta yeah like that I can't I can't get my head around for example whether they think they need it to balance because for all their problems I think some of their prospects are as good as you can have I mean I think for example they have a midfield that's ready to go with um, obviously Pedri and Gavi, Pedro and Gavi yeah. but um, that Nico as well I think looks 
seems big pressure to say like a Wasn't Nicholas so Gretz, that but that they, sort of they fought a bigger um, taller midfielder who could complement those two. They thought Ricky Puig was going to be mm. the guy for them. But if you know, if he can stay fit, Ansu Fati is probably the next guy. So for all the issues they've got, there is a young call there. So whether they think adding Ferran Torres to that is maybe they've got very high hopes. For him. I think I think he is how in how they high regard in Spain, but that. To be the main guy for them would be a push. You I think feel. they're trying to go Spanish again. Is also part of it because they were heavily linked with um, Danny Olmo right around deadline day. He was a nice player. He was a nice player. But again, it's and that was seemingly like spending million. spending money they don't have. Yeah, is is the issue? Is they uh, get a new stadium as well? <laughs> just madness. But uh, I'm sure they'll figure figure a way around it. Yeah, um, I think that should just about do it. So the only thing I was going to say, literally, is just a kind of yes or no. I saw a tweet the other day comparing. Um, Tommy Asu to Azpilicueta. I don't know what you think about that. <laughs> Comparing in what sense? They've played of, in the their, same position. Their style of play. I, I guess I can kind of see it. Kind of a nice defenders, saying, that, yeah. defenders that defend, yeah. if you like. Yeah, it says a lot about him that the reaction to him just being out was like... Yeah, I saw people saying, can we get by? I was like, you'd probably be all right. Like, I think it's more the drop-off, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and the fact that that's fair. It's if you've got to play lucky. Cedric there, it's not fun. Well, no, they're sort of point, uh, quite lucky at Kobe. Because Ben White's played there for Brighton, so I think it makes a lot more sense. You wouldn't want to have to put him out there, though. No, no. Um, but I'd probably rather him than Cedric there, to be fair. On, the, on current evidence, the Tommy Asu, Emerson Royale yeah. comps aren't going to be fun for Spurs. There's, Christ alive. There's some Arsenal fans out there that will still tell you... Um, there's a player in Cedric and they're, they're, I'm terrified they're, for them. They're better men than I am. <laughs> I tell you what, with the, and you'll enjoy this because you're an Arsenal fan, but the, I, I do find it with the Tommy S. You think the, the cover thing keep getting brought up. I, I don't have too much problem for him getting dug out because he deserves it. But I have always been surprised at sort of any stock being placed in him saying something. Like people are going, oh, well, eat your words. I saw Ian Wright even yeah, push, didn't it? Yeah, he gave like, it the... But why do we care what Cavas said? We, we all know he's a clown, don't we? I think... I think it's just a bit of a... I don't if, know. If I'm Ian Wright, it's always a fun... when It's always fun when you, you just get to use a... Uh, may your apology be as loud as the disrespect. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that's just a cool thing to say. And I think he had it. I still don't... Him blocking me on Twitter is the most baffling... <laughs> it's the most baffling thing. Because he followed me after... I think I think and I won't use I won't use the word someone had used a gay slur to him oh Jesus Christ man on um Twitter I can't remember what I replied probably I, you I, came I, in like a hero uh, yeah I was, I was about I think we were in like year 12 so I was probably in a where we used to relish like getting into like battles on Twitter <laughs> and he followed me because of it it's up to the point where I think I got followed by him and um VH1 peanut in the same day, so just a great day. What day? Um, and then I don't know. I must have. I reckon I must have retweeted something around the end of the Wenger. Times. Yeah, I think it's a strong. And chance. he was like, "I don't need this on my timeline. Don't need this negativity in my life." And rather than just unfollow, just he just blocked me. That is like, crazy. <laughs> There's just no need for this. But there we go. Um, thank you again for listening to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. Uh, we will be back next week. As far as I'm aware, unless Keenan has changed his mind, there will be a movie madness out on Thursday, on Friday, sorry. Um, so you will hear from us then. Um, hopefully by the time the next episode finishes, um, Newcastle have hung on, but uh, 
I won't uh, get my hopes up. So until then, adios. <laughs>